Hello and welcome to the Monty Dean Show, number eight, which is the symbol of infinity. So as a special guest, I have uh, Chris Geo from Beyond the Veil, and this show will go forever because it's infinity. No, I'm, I kid. We'll, we'll stop at some point. We have lives. Uh, Chris, how are you, my friend? Very good. We won't stop, but it's going to loop. Oh, nice. Yeah, because yeah, there's that middle. You remember that uh, Warner Brothers cartoon where the guy gets on the uh, the overpass and can't get off and eventually just opens the store against the other one? Yep. Well, this show is going to be like the Emerald Tablets of Toth. You know, you have to read them over and over and over and over <laughs> again until you finally get the real meaning. Oh, good. Which will take an eternity and then realize time's an illusion. Ah, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> How was everything going? I'm, I was looking at your pool earlier and going, that's a large puddle. <laughs> and you're in the it desert is, so. we're in the desert yeah yeah we needed a little oasis and so we found a little oasis here um and it, it's beautiful it really is uh we moved in about a month ago and i have not set up my studio yet because i keep doing all these shows from outside and now i'm thinking how do i incorporate my full studio outside because it's just such a great vibe out here Yes, yes. Oh, and there's a cat just over your right shoulder. Ah, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very Egyptian. You're an oasis, you know, in the middle of a desert. So, you know, going old school or new school, depending on the timeline. Both. Yeah, exactly. At the same time. Yeah. I have a, a marketing idea of selling a watch that just says now. Uh, <laughs> so, people, what's the time now? Are you being funny? No, look, it says now. <laughs> you should do it. Yeah, oh, yes. That would be great. Uh, yeah, all three people will buy it. So, uh, quickly for uh, the new listeners, uh, what is Beyond the Veil? Beyond the Veil started as a podcast to just interview some of the people that I really, really um, resonated with because I was listening to them on other shows and I was tired of, of, of the hosts constantly interrupting them and I wanted to be the one asking the questions. I wanted to be the one interrupting them. <laughs> Not really, but I found that this seems thing. very familiar. I don't know why the hosts were interrupting them before because they go off on tangents sometimes, but yeah. um, that's how it all started. And then it started to evolve into something more. Um, we started working with ayahuasca, and uh, that kind of started to awaken something inside of us that uh, had always been there. But as we started to awaken it, we started to um, start to resonate a little more with the higher frequency stuff and the less. Yeah conspiratorial type stuff. And then I, I started to realize I was listening to a few conspiratorial um, uh, uh, talk shows and I was always in fear. I was always vibrating at this lower frequency. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do that. And I don't want to sit here and, and, and do that to other people. I want to help them vibrate at a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. So right, that's what Beyond the Veil has evolved into is um, vibrating at that higher frequency and learning how to do that. And um, just being around other people who are also in that higher frequency so we all just kind of combine our frequencies together and kind of keep each other in check so yeah uh, and it works uh listeners uh and viewers or customers because uh, i when i get a chance to uh, um tap in it's usually uh i'm supposed to you know when it's like uh, uh the prime creator goes go see chris and sheree go on <laughs> just nudge you over there uh as well as uh, i do something similar uh i come from the the comedic angle uh, to make people laugh. So make pe people laugh and then sharing information because while they're laughing, the information gets in there. And I know you have a ball and laugh all the time doing your shows as well, which is great. 
we have to. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people think that spirituality and higher frequency is this ascended master wearing all this crap on your head going, ah, and, you know, I, I was watching some of these quote unquote gurus and they would sit up like on the couch and everybody yeah. else was sitting on the floor. And the thing mm -hmm. that was going through my mind is why don't you get down and talk to people eye to eye, be on mm -hmm. their level. And then when I actually went through the actual ascension process for lack of a better term i realized it really wasn't an ascension process but rather remembering who we truly are and what yeah. we had forgotten we didn't we didn't come here to ascend we descended here on purpose to experience this third density so mm -hmm. when i started to realize all of that and i went through all the trials and tribulations of facing down your darkness i realized no you don't come out glowing you come out like you've been to war and then yeah. once you shake all of that off then you realize the, the, um, what does David Icke say? He says, infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is an illusion. And I, I would say that's incorrect. Infinite laughter is the only truth. Everything yes. else is an illusion. Yeah, um, uh, on a, on a sp uh, soul level, um, I've had flashes of laughing at what's happening on the planet at this time. And like, I know I, try, I put myself in check because I think the spirit ego kicks in. It's like you're laughing about people dying. Shh. Uh, well, but the I'm whole thing. You don't laugh about people dying. No, but no, 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 you no, look no, at no. The big picture, like this whole COVID yeah. thing. You know, I was out running around earlier. Everybody was wearing a mask, and I was laughing and joking about it with Cherie. And I said, you know what we should do? I really, number one, I really like this. We can get across town really, really quick. There's very few people out. I like this. Um, how about we do this? Everybody that's wearing a mask now can continue to stay in the house, and those who are smart enough not to wear a mask can go about their daily lives. That's yeah. a good balance. <laughs> exactly. But, I don't think we're going to see but, that happen. But. No. Uh, and all, it's, I've seen jokes about, like, you know, um, a gallon of petrol or f of gas is uh, a dollar and you can't leave the house. It's like, oh, that's just great. <laughs> like, and also, what, what mileage are you getting for your car these days? <laughs> Three weeks to the gallon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we found we found round trip tickets to Paris right before the lockdown to Paris for like $250 a person. And I was like, oh, man, we got to go to Paris. And Cherie was like, have you not been watching the news? They're about to lock everything down. So that's the way it goes. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that brings up an interesting uh, uh, observation as well is uh, you try well, – try, you, you, we try to try. I hate the English language. I'm putting that out there now because it's like simple words. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, we um, try and maintain uh, the higher frequencies. And yet, uh, like, especially with my roundtables, I sort of need to look at the news to see what people are talking about if they come on, because it's that that's what their expression is and uh, what their um, experience is going through. And you can't be completely blind. It's like, who? Donald, Donald who? I've never heard of, you know, you can't do that. Uh, and it's interesting to see the whole thing of, um, uh, for me, it reinforces the whole, uh, there's a, a disconnect in a certain way. And, and uh, it's not, I'm turning into a robot. But there's a different sort of uh, element to it where it's the premise of a robot, but it's a spiritual one where it's like, let everything be. Don't come near it, I'll stab you. But everyone, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of weird uh, duality going on where I care about everyone, so I'm going to not entangle with them. <laughs> If you understand what I I'm know going. exactly what you mean. Um, I yeah. posted something on Facebook just recently, and it it was shared several dozen times and everything like that. What what did it say? It said me. Um, uh, hey, uh, there's depopulation. Warn everybody. It's a new world order agenda. Also, me. There's too many dumbasses in this world. Oh, I yes, wish you would just what's... disappear. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So I knew exactly what you mean. There's definitely the duality there. Yeah, and it's interesting to see uh, where we're going, and um, I I can see now how uh, crazy the conspiracy world is, because I've uh, obviously uh, I'm in the right frequency now, or done the work, or finally so I've let go of the the fear, because um, I've helped other people uh, dealing with the conspiracy of like you cannot do this seven days a week for. 36 months you you're going to destroy your existence like uh every religion has a day off every seven days and there's a reason for that because the body needs to rejuvenate um another way of expressing it garbage in garbage out if you're constantly in that lower vibration you actually um start to pull yourself in and uh you need to find the happiness, which, you know, you could, you know, knitting, uh, looking at a tree, um, having a pet, you know, it's, you sort of need that balance and, uh, or even a reason why you're fighting in that respect. It's finding, trying to um, have that observation of like, oh, they're doing that instead of um, <laughs> the British are coming, the British are coming type thing. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about this and I don't know, what do you think about this? Really, the awakening process is is kind of like the the five stages of grief. First, it's mm. denial and isolation. Then it's anger. That's the whole Alex Jones thing. You know, you're angry. You want to do something, et cetera, et cetera. The bargaining. I'm not really sure about the bargaining part, but you go through depression and then finally acceptance. And I think at acceptance, that's when you start to find your own power and you're like, okay, the world is as bad as I think it is. What are we going to do about it now? Am I going to fall into the energy and be perpetually negative? And am I going to be angry about it? Or am I going to take the responsibility for myself and actually be the change that I want to see in the world and change my own frequency and help others change their frequencies? Yeah, an element of uh, if you look into the abyss, the abyss looks into you. If you fight, be careful Mm -hmm. when you fight monsters, you become them. Um, Bill Hicks is, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the great Bill Hicks. He had a great uh, routine about um, CNN, which is really uh, timeless because it's still uh, uh, poignant today. Where I don't know if you've done this, but I've been watching 12 hours of CNN a day. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> now it's I would I, I would say twelve seconds, but hey, you know, but it's like you know war, famine, death, AIDS, war, famine, death, AIDS. You look outside and there's crickets. Where is all this shit happening? Like um, where you're at, like that that looks idyllic. It's like yeah, we live in a terrible world and everything else like that. Well, um, that sounds like a Sith Lord. It's an absolute because you know where Chris is. Like I want to visit. You may not be there, but I'd like to visit your house. <laughs> you're welcome to. But exactly. it, it, you're you're absolutely right. I noticed this with the truth movement too, though, like Facebook and all that. Yeah, everybody's always mm. talking about how horrible the world is and all the controversies about LGBT, for example. I don't mm. really know any LGBT people. I know maybe one or two, and that's it. But they act like there's hordes of them out here, and they're looking for your children, and they want to turn your children gay and all this. And, and it's like, no, these are fake controversies. And I've been watching this for the last several years. It's all just fake controversies just to get people arguing with each other. And you step outside, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's actually a beautiful world out there. It is a beautiful and, world out there. And Yes, and if you do the flip side of it, because um, uh, the whole left-right paradigm is turned into a horseshoe, and extremists are extremists. Apparently, uh, there was – was it Vice? Uh, I, was, I can't remember. Because uh, that's the thing about watching everybody uh, on my radar. Information, I don't know where it came from. But apparently, there's 11 million neo-Nazis in the United States. Where? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm I know. Sure I know. <laughs> 
I'm sure there's six in a, um, a basement going, we need more members. But you know, it's like if you disagree with them, you become you know the whole wokedom where ists, phobes, and um, bigots and everything else. Where like um, I well see, I like the first Darren from Bewitched. Well, clearly you're you know you're a bigot. Like the, the the words are losing their meaning and it's getting ridiculous. I'm sure I've got. I'm working on a comedy uh, routine. The the Fourth Reich, the Nazis at the South Pole is like Hans. We're not going back. They have no idea who we are. <laughs> <laughs> they called this man a Nazi, and all he said was, "I'm I'm going to have the sourdough, not the pita bread." <laughs> oh, that's 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 golden. I, there was a saying back in the militia days when we were interviewing a few militia people and other people were telling me this i think it went something like if there's three militia people together you can you can bet two of them are feds and yeah, yeah. i think you can apply the same to neo-nazis too if there's yes, three together yeah. yeah you can bet two of them are feds well it's the whole 9-11 thing where they tried to blow it up was it 92 93 and um, the bomb maker was intelligent enough. It's like you know he's going along, and then the feds, yeah, but you want to do this? You got to well, no, because uh, I think the bomb maker was told that it was going to be a fake. Yeah, um, and then they bomb. told him to make a real one, and he yeah. recorded them. Yeah, and, exactly. yeah, like, yeah, no click. Uh, and yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, that's a fascinating rabbit hole, which you know most people kind of forget nowadays. Uh, even it's nearly twenty years. And that's, I mean, there's still, you can see the ramifications of from everything with, um, so I would love to come and visit you, um, if you allow it, uh, but I'm flying to Canada first and bussing across because I don't want to go through the TSA. <laughs> I'm not flying yeah. into America. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I mean, I am a lonely man, but I'm not that lonely. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> and what's your name, Jerry? I was oh, actually okay. thinking of a joke somewhere similar to that. I couldn't come up with it. I'm glad you did. There you go. So, <laughs> but no, you're welcome. When, if you're here in Vegas, please let us know for sure. Well, that's it's on the list because it's just the um, like <laughs> I watched Bugsy and it's fascinating how it started and it's like a whole it's a a small metropolitan town in a desert and it's like wow okay uh, one thing that's one interesting thing of what uh, I'm calling it the change what whatever we're going through is the change because. Uh, from a certain point of view, I had to describe because I'm tired of like on my roundtables arguing over where did the virus come from, and I've I've um what uh, I've condensed it down to a bat working at a lab went to a wet market and ate a 5G tower. I think that's that that pretty much sums it up. And then everybody yeah. panicked and bought toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm rich, biatch. Yeah, uh, uh, and. Uh, However, it started. It's um, it's you know the planet is forced evolution, and it's just exposed corruption in the system completely across. Uh, and if you actually, uh, people have been pointing out like, oh, the economy, the economy's crashing. It, it was in November. Uh, it's it's fascinating to see how everything's being pushed at this point in time. You know what's funny though is the stock market. I was just looking at it today. It's a hundred points below where it was last October. Okay. So I, we're almost recovered from all of this. It's 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 remarkable, and we haven't even opened anything back up yet. Yeah. That, well, that's the whole thing of like, what's all that about? You know, that that illusion of like, well, hang on, um, what's happening about this? And that's the um, because I did see there's data for 50 years that uh, every time a point of unemployment goes up, you know, 30,000 people die. 
and I think it's um, just coping mechanisms, the the constant negativity of oh, I've got no money, so there I'm useless and blah blah blah, blah and then infinite spiral down. Excuse me. Uh, I think it, there's an element of um, it's fear. It's not fear. Like I think people are over the fear of the the virus. We're aware of it. It's like don't cough on me. Just go over there instead of you know pure panic. Uh, um, it's different here in Australia because uh, we've got a safety net and uh, <laughs> interesting enough, they're not really saying you know, there was actually a comedy sketch um, on a weekly show here pointing out that our central bank was creating money out of thin air. That's the level of awakening we are. I'm not, they didn't really point out the Rothschilds and you know, all that connection, but it's like, well, making, we're making it out of thin air, but how are we going to pay it back? Oh, it'll take about three generations. And this yeah. is where I'm getting, yeah, I think this is where the change is. Humanity has a massive opportunity to go, okay, nothing works, let's fix this. And uh, it's just, you would see fascinating where I, I saw, um, I just realized this stream of consciousness is just um, a Super Bowl in a car park just bouncing around everywhere. I saw um, you mentioned, like you mentioned Trump, where I think he's part of the play. Like, I was on air doing a roundtable when he did his acceptance speech in 2016, and I knew right in my heart, and in my soul, Hillary lost is the perfect timeline. Because I jokingly say that um, I, I try to remote view Hillary's timeline. It's oh, we live in World War Three by now. Yeah. No, I, I, that's what I mean. It's not there. <laughs> yeah. Four years into it, three days after she got inaugurated, World War Three, and she blew up the planet, the solar system, the galaxy, all of creation. That timeline is a nub. <laughs> there mm -hmm. is nothing there. And so I knew that this is. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I. The only option was Hillary, and so I, I think you were on a similar page where uh, it's been four years. Um, if the Democrats had a brain, they would find a leader, find policies, and try and win back uh, the populace. But well, I have, only... couple, I have a couple of thoughts on that. So, first yeah. of all, I, I, you know, I've always believed that presidents are selected, not elected. Yeah. And I went into the Trump presidency thinking the same thing, thinking, well, if he wins, he must be part part of the oligarchy. And mm. then I started watching him fulfill every promise. I started watching yes. him not declaring war. I started yeah. watching him do things for the people taking down the cabal. I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then I started to to really like the guy. You know, he was calling out fake news. I love the way he calls out fake news. I mean, it's just golden. It's uh, for the first time. Look at de he's looking dead at uh, uh, Jim Acosta. You are fake news. Okay, okay, we're not going to call you fake news anymore. We're going to call you very fake news. I'm like, <laughs> yes, this is this is golden. So I had no choice but to look at all the evidence and change my perspective because he really yeah. seems to be working for the people. Now, um, there is always that possibility that's all part of the agenda, and here we are in the middle of a global shutdown and you know all this stuff, and this could be bringing in the new world order and everything like that. But on an energetic level, I'm not feeling that. On an energetic mm -hmm. level, I'm feeling like this is something else, and he's navigated us the best Anybody could have possibly navigated us through this. Yeah. Um, if it was anybody else, we'd all be um, put into FEMA camps right now. Martial law, you know, all that. He's done everything he can to not declare martial law. He's done everything he can to discourage governors from declaring martial law, to try to impede upon rights and freedoms as little as possible. I mean, he even just came out and he said, you know, I we have the power to ensure that the states aren't violating your rights. And he said, that's my job as, as the president to yeah. ensure the states are not violating your rights. So I was like, oh, my God. This is yeah. this is incredible. This is something different. MSNBC, I don't know if you saw this clip. I posted it on my Facebook today. MSNBC is calling for a shadow government. 
Like they they, they use that terminology. They said yeah. we, you know, I, I think Biden should come out and you know he should have a shadow SWAT team and a shadow committee and a shadow government and and, and he, he I would my jaw dropped that they're using that terminology shadow government. Yeah, but um, it is what it enough. is. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Australia has the Westminster system, which is uh, the right language for that. Um, you could apply it to uh, Australian politics is uh, you have an opposition um, in government. They don't call it a shadow government because obviously, but there's like the shadow health minister uh, from the health minister, if I use that example. Uh, and it's been used for decades and it just you know, it's it's you know, two party system, but it's a one party, you know, all that type of stuff. It is fascinating, where, but that that example, I think I saw a little bit of it. It's like, what do you mean a shadow? It doesn't work in in uh, American politics. That's not how the system works. You yeah. can't have everybody else like that because I'm sure it would have been invented 200 years ago that you have you know these checks and balances where. From my, I know way too much about America because I've been working on Revolution Radio <laughs> as an Australian. My American's like, how the hell do you know that? Um, the, the executive branch, the judicial, and this three isn't. What, what was the other one? Executive, uh, is it Congress? judicial, and legislative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Congress and, and the Senate. Yeah. yeah. And the the idea is that there's checks and balances between all three, isn't there? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, Trump has the ability, and he was threatening to do this to adjourn Congress and uh, the Senate. And at this point, I can't really argue with that. The only problem is when we dissolved the Senate before – well, no, that wasn't before. That was in that movie, Star Wars. <laughs> when they dissolved the Senate in Star Wars, it didn't wind up very good there. No, um, no. But that was but, a messy yeah. false flag. So, <laughs> but yeah. at this point, I wouldn't argue with it because Congress has just been impeding upon everything. But as you, as we were talking, because we were talking about Star Wars before the show, you said, you know, Sith steal in absolutes, and and you're right. I I try not to to think of anything in an absolute, so I have to entertain the uh, the flip side of the coin. You know, Trump may be there to push this agenda forward and be the man of the people. And then all of a sudden, you know, turn around. And one of the things that makes me think about that is why have the Democrats put up Joe Biden? Is it the, I mean, they're trying to lose the election. There's so many people that are mm -hmm. better, not that anybody could beat Trump, but it seems like they're losing on purpose. What do you well, think exactly. About that? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> Joe Biden is gold. Uh, so many memes that are being put up. You know, I'm Joe Biden and I forget this message. Um, there's another one where uh, Obama's got his head in his hands and, and Joe's like, um, thank you, Dr. King. I, I'm glad that you endorsed me. Thank you for the endorsement, Dr. King. Hey, but it, it's the, like with the whole change, parody and satire is the, the veil, if I may, is very, very thin because you don't know what's real and what's not, where it's like, oh, this is a joke. Uh, or no, he actually said that. Like Joe Biden's come out. Do you know Joe Biden is the man who can beat Ronald Reagan for presidency? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh, the memes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I, I think he actually said. Um, he had a moment where he said, mm -hmm. "I, I can beat, I can beat Ronald Reagan." It's like, well, clearly he's dead. Did he really say <laughs> that? I think so. Now, oh. um, citation needed. But there's other weird things. Like he forgot the word God and called it that thing. <laughs> that stuff and uh, you've seen him sniffing and licking and everyone else like that and I, I've actually stopped watching it because uh, it, it, 
I don't like those embarrassing humor things. Like, oh, they're making fun of him. I mean, I yeah. do make fun of him, but I don't need to see him actually completely mess up where um, he's got that, as I call it, the fluoride stare. <laughs> Not the thousand. Well, one of my friends, one of my friends, Nick Bravo, brought up a really interesting point. He said, "What they're doing to Biden is elder abuse." Yeah. Yeah, they're wheeling him out. They didn't want Bernie. Um, I did a, a small radio uh, sketch about Bernie. It's like, you know, Joe Biden is now the pre Democratic presidential no nominee. Uh, Bernie Sanders dropped out. It's like, um, I'm dropping out. I'm going to stay at one of my many houses. Thank you for the support. No refunds. And then um, Mr. Biden was quoted saying, I use peanut butter for my hair cream. You smell nice. Uh, and it's just that weird, it's that silliness where, like, someone actually pointed out, um, I think Jonathan Pye, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he's a um, uh, an actor portraying uh, a, um, a news reporter. He's a character. The actor needed work, and he went gangbusters. Um, and the premise is that what do the reporters say when they're not on air in front of the camera? where he's talking to the editor uh, and he pointed out like you know he hates trump and all the character hates trump and but what are the democrats doing they're fighting fire with fire they've got an elderly man with mental problems and egos and they're putting it and that's in a way i can see what they what he can uh he's pointing out i'm not saying trump's uh, the same as biden but from a certain perspective if you hate trump because that we can talk about that when trump came in everything's splintered into two or three groups. You love Trump, you hate Trump, and then there's us who's like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. And if you, hate, if you hate Trump, and then you look at, even people that hate Trump look at Biden's like, no, Trump's won. Because you, you don't, I mean, Biden, you can't trust Biden to open an envelope, let alone try and run a country. Well, I mean, it's just the fact that he hasn't declared war on anybody. I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of lives have been saved as a result mm. of that? If it was Clinton, like you said, probably World War Three already, and we would have yeah. been done with it. But um, then they come back and they say, well, you know, Syria and Iraq and, you know, all this stuff. But those are entanglements that we've been in for 20 years plus. Yeah. He can't yeah. just pull all the troops out just like that. But he's not starting any new conflicts. And he's making peace with everybody, like the whole um, North Korea thing. I thought that was great. I think we should have good relationships with everybody in the world. We nobody should have a reason to want to bomb us. It just um uh, dialogue, at least dialogue instead of you know. If you remember the footage of um Hillary saying um I want to bomb Iran, and then the, the reporter said, "What would you say? Uh, what would you do if you became president? I'll bomb Iran." Mm -hmm. Like even um um the Arizona senator that died. Well, you saw saying? her evil cackle when they were talking yeah. about Gaddafi, and yeah. she went in. They, we went in there to Libya, and she. Uh, what did he, What did she say? We came, we saw he died. Ha 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 ha! It was yeah. the most evil laugh that you can mm -hmm. imagine. And then when you understand who Gaddafi was, I mean, this is a guy that free healthcare, and it was hospitals that rivaled ours, 17 yeah. cents a gallon. Um, he would give the deposit from all the nation's oil profits to everybody in the country. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he was, I, I, I don't agree with socialism at all by any means, um, mm -hmm. but he actually was the one example that we can look at that actually did it right. The problem mm -hmm. is he didn't have a defense budget. So it was very yeah. easy for us to go take him out. And at the very end, he gave all his people AR, uh, AK-47s and said, you've got to fight for Libya. We don't have an army because he was yeah. too busy giving everything to the people. Well, he, he spent, what, five billion U.S. dollars on um, a water plant and an aquifer or whatever it was. And, of course, yeah. the U.S. military, first place they hit was that.
Yeah. Uh, have you, you have you heard any of his speeches? I was watching his speeches around that time. See, my mother grew up in Libya. My grandfather right. was working in the oil field in the oil industry and wound up relocating to Libya briefly. And yeah. I, I never heard any stories of tyranny or anything like that. So that was like the first tip off, like, hey, something's not right. I started investigating a little more. But um, he was talking. He was doing speeches uh, like, you know, why are we allowing Coke and Pepsi to come in here and take all our resources for next to nothing? Why aren't we making Coke and Pepsi and selling it to the world instead of Coke and Pepsi taking our resources uh, from Africa? He says Africa has all the resources here. He was trying to unite Africa. He was trying to bring in uh, a gold dinar, and we don't like gold because we can't Dude. print gold. <laughs> yeah. So that was his big downfall right there. But, I mean, the guy, he recognized all the problems. He recognized the power that they had in Africa. Then we came across some Council of Foreign Relations documents. Um, it was uh, completely unrelated to this, but in the Council of Foreign Relations documents, it says we can never allow Africa to unite because they have enough resources to basically take over the world. And so they've always been trying to keep Africa in a perpetual state of conflict. Gaddafi yeah. knew this, but it's just it, – it was really horrible what we did. It was that, – uh, that made me really ashamed of this country. But I have to say, though, I've never been proud of this country my entire life until the last two years. When I, when I understood that Trump's not going around bombing everybody, I was like, hey, wait a minute. This is the America that I've always been told that it is. You know, yeah. We're actually living it now instead of just using it as, as patriotic propaganda. Well, that is true. Uh, I, I watch Stephen Crowder occasionally because uh, uh, there's the element of comedy and um, he's proud to say he's conservative and the, the true label of right wing where it's just balanced from left wing, not nut jobs, and he wants to take over the world. But he has pointed out, and it's statistically been shown, um, without pointing out the all the economy is fake, but uh, most of the American people are happy where they are at instead of eight years ago with Obama because there's less pressure. Um, they're making more money uh, before um, the lockdown and everything else like that. Um, I think the lowest numbers for African Americans in 40 years or something. You know, he's actually for unemployment. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, uh, he's a businessman, and the US is a corporation, or it's been run like that. He's the perfect sort of person in it. Um, I don't want to meet the guy, but you can see he's uh, working from a business point of view. Like uh, a lot of people are attacking him because he wants to reopen the country because he's seeing the economy slowly collapse or it's taking hits. But that's just his business mind kicking mm -hmm. in uh, because he's run businesses for decades. And so I was, watching an, yeah. I was watching an interview from him from the 80s and they were mm -hmm. asking him if he ever plans to run for president. And he's like, oh, no, no. He's like, but, you know, there's nobody qualified to run for president. Nobody's nobody who's running is qualified. You know, mm -hmm. nobody has run multimillion dollar businesses, multi-billion dollar businesses. Nobody's a CEO. Nobody understands how to do the job. Here he comes. He steps in. He does exactly what he was talking about back in the 80s. His 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 uh, his um, mindset hasn't really changed. It's all been business. And realistically, a country is a business. The United States of America is a corporation. It yeah. should be run like a corporation. Instead, it's been run like a plantation. That's why it's called the White House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, it's. Uh, interesting. It's um, let, let's delve into looping and timelines because uh, you can sort of see how America has been. It's there's an element of uh, New Rome. Like if you could follow the Rome history, the US USA seems to be following it very closely. You know how history seems to be cyclical. Because we mentioned earlier um, before the show talking about how uh, talking about Egypt uh, and um, 
it's uh, an echo of uh, Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah, and then you said that I had that same thought two days ago, and I just had that thought then type thing. Um, it's fascinating. Um, uh, I, whatever's happening well, before, on the planet. Before, before we jump yeah. into that, I think yeah. a good segue. Um, I want to ask you this: Have you heard about the Donald Trump time travel conspiracy? Yeah, uh, yeah, his son, isn't it? Or no, 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 no. Oh, Well, his son, it. yeah, his son. There were some interesting things. They had like the tales of Baron or something yeah. like that, and it's an, a book from like the 1500s or something. No, 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 yeah. no. It, this gets even weirder. So, um, at first when I heard it, I was like, ah, nah, that's ridiculous. But then I realized something key there. His uncle is John Trump. His uncle. Uh, John Trump um, was assigned by the U.S. government. I think it was under the Nixon administration to go over, get all of Tesla's work, and mm-hmm. find out if there was any applicable, um, any a- any applications that could be used. And he yeah. reported back to the government and said, "No, there's nothing that you can use here." But I wonder if he created some kind of looking glass technology or time machine, and so that's why Trump is always on point because he knows what's going to happen. He's got some kind of technology. I'm not saying that I believe any of this. It's yeah. just uh, these are the facts behind the conspiracy that makes you go, "Hmm, that's very interesting." Now we're talking yeah. about time loops. Now we're talking about Mandela effects, things like that. All of a sudden, Trump comes on the scene. We've we're just we've got Mandela effects all over the place. Oh, we're all realizing there's something going on with time. We're talking about time loops now. Maybe hmm. there's a connection there. I don't know. Well, um, one Mandela effect that I'm sort of freaking out because it, it, it could easily be just someone said, "Now we'll get rid." I always thought it was seven stages of grief, but now it's five. I, that's what I thought too. Yeah, and so like, did they downsize to make it easier for people, or did we? So that's the thing about um, people mention on the show that uh, my roundtables. You know, is this a Mandela effect? I've seen evidence of both. Well, then no, it's not a, a, it's not a true Mandela effect. If you have evidence of both, that doesn't make sense. It's... Well, you're you're a big Star Wars guy. I mean, yeah. I can tell by just talking to you earlier. Do you remember C-3PO having a silver leg? Ye- yes, I think I do. Okay. Because um... I had I had Star Wars sheets, but it was Empire Strikes Back. So I had C-3PO on my bed literally every night as a kid. Yep, Didn't same. have yeah. Silver Leg. Um, we were watching it right before the um, uh, the Force Awakens comes out. Uh, yep. uh, right before the Force Awakens came out, because Cherie's never seen Star Wars, so we had to sit down and watch all six of them before we go and see the Force Awakens. Well, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I had the schooler in the ways of yeah. the the Jedi. So. Yes. Um, uh, we're watching it. Nothing. Nothing pops up. Like three weeks later, boom, the Mandela effect. I go back to the exact same video I'm watching. Boom. It's right there. It's crystal clear. It's how can you miss something like that? Now we're going back and we're, we're finding action figures from back then that had the silver leg. And I'm like, I do not remember any silver leg at all, period. I think now, well, this is, could be part of the, the timeline collapsing into another one is um... – from footage I've seen is uh, Anthony Daniels was wearing the the costume and the, whatever leg it was, the the golden one pierced the top of his foot and it broke. And so they had to replace it and they couldn't change it to gold. And I think the silver one's supposed to be only from my memory, only the new hope, the first star Wars that went through. Yes. And so, yeah. And 
from then, obviously, they had uh, more money and everything else, and uh, except for that bad joke about the red arm, that that was pointless. What, that was only there, like I'm JJ, and I can make things up. But it's um, you can see footage while in ten, um, Tunisia, is it, where they filmed the the sand actually thing? Is um, he, you know, he put it on for the first time, stood up, took a step, and then crack, and it and it went through. Now, is that all being generated by the timeline? Because um, mind you, also I was. Um, three when it went in cinemas i actually saw um a new hope and battlestar galactica together in 1980 when i was six and so is it them is it the the memory cheating uh but for you it, it's obviously not because um you watched it and then it all of a sudden turned back up and it's interesting like it's like when you were talking about black cats i just went to the matrix thing oh look a black cat <laughs> it's like something what deja vu like mm-hmm. what the matrix being changed uh so yeah well okay so this is what to my understanding the actor came out and he said oh yeah it was always a silver leg but then the photographer who did the original promotion shots came out on twitter i think it was and said no um i never remember a silver leg that's ridiculous i would have adjusted my my lights accordingly yeah yeah because the the light would have been reflective compared to the gold uh, even in some of the golds, when he's shiny, because uh, this is how bored I get sometimes in movies or um, how they make things. Anytime there's a reflection, I try and look for um, the camera. <laughs> and, and silver is. I do the silver, same thing. Yeah, so silver is more reflective than the gold uh, because it's. Um, I think that's how a mirror works. It's that silver back lining and that ref- that creates the reflection. Uh, with gold, if it's shine, if it's very shiny, of course it would. Uh, the light reflects off it, but you can't really see that much. Um, what else? So well, timeline. Timeline. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, with the because uh, let's delve into Egypt because I know you you've been connected you actually you've been there which is one up on me because uh, you mentioned very quickly before the show how it is an echo of Atlantis because let's see if we can do galactic history 101 in 45 seconds uh, from my understanding at some point Atlantis because um, this is where we get the fall and all that type of thing uh, the civilization collapsed for whatever reason which could be an infection or um, bad technology or just, you know, psychopaths running running a show. Uh, and then uh, the, I'm skipping a bit, the 13,000 years ago, the the Ice Age is could be around the time, but, you know, who knows what's in between? Because, I mean, we, we can't even figure out history 20 years ago. Uh, and there was that fall for whatever reason, and it took 6,000 years to get to Sumeria. However... We get told that Samira is at its height. It, there was no build-up, say, like Rome. Right. Samira is uh, at the top, and then there's that slow um, descent, which uh, it's fascinating with, like, um, like talk about, please talk about the, the pyramids of Giza. But they're, like, one of the oldest ones, and they're the most perfection. You can see that descent because the knowledge or the ability to make them, uh, over time, they get crapper and crapper and crapper. That is true. Um Here's the way that I understand it, and this is through a lot of meditation and use with ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. just for the listeners that aren't familiar, it's a brew that the shaman use in the Amazon. 
Yeah. And um, it's got uh, two components. It's got the ayahuasca vine. It's got the DMT. Um, the ayahuasca vine, they consider the healer. The DMT-containing plant, uh, they consider the helper because the ayahuasca vine is actually doing the healing. The DMT helps you to visualize the healing as you're going through the process. Right, A lot cool. of people will go down to the Amazon. I mean it was featured on mainstream media. CNN was talking about it you know, for what's that's worth. But um, you know, um, it's been featured on the mainstream media, and a lot of people have been going down to the Amazon for ayahuasca healing for everything from uh, traumatic experiences to um, uh, heroin addiction and things like that. And um, it's it's really helped for a lot of healing. So um, that was the first part to kind of like de traumatized myself from all of my experiences. And it wasn't like I was walking around feeling like I was traumatized. Mm. I didn't even realize some of the things that had happened growing up that had affected me up until that point, different well, behavioral patterns and things like that. Go ahead. Uh, question. Uh, were you just this lifetime or were you holding past lifetimes in the healing as well? No, no, no. Uh, just, 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 just this the, one? Just this yeah. lifetime. Yeah. 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 Well, um, that's easier then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, for yeah, example, yeah, my ahead. father was really, really, really abusive. And mm -hmm. I didn't really realize that it had affected me that much. I just figured, hey, you know what? I'm a man. It's okay. I, it's an experience. It's behind me. It's not really anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But I noticed certain behavioral patterns and reactions to situations within the ayahuasca realm. I was actually able to visualize this all being tied into those experiences. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, okay. So it's like, therapy on yeah. steroids and yes. so you know you visually from my experience i cut these ties you know so i was cutting all these tethers so there was a lot of breaking down of who i was yeah. um or who i was programmed to be by this matrix by the world that we're in through through the experiences that we're in mm. i kept on progressing through that and as I started to go deeper and deeper and deeper and work with ayahuasca more, I started to to remember parts of our esoteric past and previous lives and lives even before any of the lives here within this matrix started. It started to take me to a place of understanding the nature of reality, understanding the way energy works. Um, it started with how do I heal people? And how do shaman heal people? What's energy work? I realized energy work is working with a computer code itself. We're in a digital simulation, a digital reality, and everything is code. Magic is code. Intention is code. The word is code. You know, magic spells, quote unquote. It's just code that we're putting out into the matrix. Uh, food is code that we're putting into our body. Everything is, is computer code. So when I realized that, um, then I, I started to look even deeper into the nature of reality and I mean, you know, this it's taking me 10 years to explain the journey to our BTV listeners, and they've all been with us. So forgive me if this is like jumping straight to it. But I, I've, I've come to realize that we're living inside of a computer simulation. And this is backed up by science as well. Um, scientists are coming out and saying, hey, you know, this is a, this is a computer simulation. There was a guy named Professor Gates. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he uh, is a, um, a, a string a string um, theorist. Or string uh yeah string theory um yeah. he's a professor on string theory and um he found a self-correcting computer code within the nature of reality within string theory and the self-correcting computer code is not just any computer code it was a computer code written by a guy named claude shannon in the 1940s and claude shannon is known as the father of robotics so i i i know computer code i did it for a living for a little while and i understand it's not just like looking up at the clouds and then the clouds will manifest something you know that's familiar i mean he's finding a complex computer code within string theory itself 
And then he took all of this data and he put it into a machine and he spat out uh, a graphical representation of the data of the computer code. And he called these adinkras, A-D-I-N-K-R-A-S, I think, if people want to Google that. And when the, when the adinkras came out, they looked exactly like what you see in the ayahuasca realm, what I dub hyperspace. And now I'm looking at it and going, wait a minute. This computer is spitting out the same type of psychedelic type images based on this computer code that we're seeing when we go deep into these experiences. Mm -hmm. Where are these experiences actually taking us to? And then I realized it's taking us deeper into the simulated reality. So the reason I preface it by saying all of this is my understanding of the nature of reality is that we've somehow plugged ourselves into this machine to have these experiences for one reason or another. Um, my, my theory and speculation is that we were infinite beings and we wanted to experience the one thing that we couldn't experience, which was what is it like to be finite? So we created these these episodic experiences for ourselves, which are all of our sequential lives that we live with within this matrix. But when this matrix was developed, it was developed in Atlantis. And what happened is we created this, you know, we, we evolved uh, in the real world is what I call it. And this is Atlantis that we're talking about here. We evolved to the point where we, we became technologically advanced, technologically powerful. Um, we developed a system, an artificial intelligence that I call Sophia. Um, and as above, so below there, the AI here is called Sophia as well. Um, and we developed this, this, this matrix. We had these pyramids in this uh, in Atlantis, and a lot of things were, were were based on energy, on ley lines, and creating these pyramids. But the pyramids were highly technologically advanced pyramids. Yeah. We put ourselves into this matrix, and perhaps I think you just you just connected a dot for me here. Sumar could have very well been the first incarnation of the system that we created, which is why all of the advanced stuff was already there. You know, you already had a monetary supply. You already had education. You already had literally all of that stuff there. And there didn't seem to be a, a, an incline to create that. That just kind of appeared right there. And what happened is things started getting chaotic and out of control. And sometime, you know, I don't know what the timeline is here, but what I theorize is that we decided we need to access the real world again. Like something yeah. had happened. The wheel of reincar reincarnation became broken. We we're supposed to die. And basically, you know, a screen comes up and it says, would you like to play again or would you like to go back yeah. to the real world? Uh there's the mind wipe. Sorry, the mind wipe yeah, came the in. Yeah, the mind wipe. Yeah, exactly. And if you choose to play again, you can get your mind wiped, go through the whole process again, and it's it's supposed to be a game. And the reason the mind wipe was there is to make this as immersive as possible. But it yeah. broke, and it stopped giving us the choice to get out. And yeah. so we started leaving ourselves clues in these different lifetimes as to how to try to wake ourselves up. And we thought – Let's go ahead and make some pyramids, put them on the energetic grid of the matrix, and see if we can tap into those higher energetic grids on the other side within the real world, within Atlantis. So we created mm. kind of a mirror of Atlantis. People are looking for Atlantis here in this physical plane. I don't think it existed here. I think no. Atlantis was a lost state of consciousness, not a lost continent, but a lost state of consciousness. Mm. And um, so the Egyptian pyramids were replicas of our pyramids in Atlantis. I know this is this is this comes from my own understanding. It's not really anything anybody else has documented or anything like that. I'd like to know how does that resonate. Uh, it does. Uh, it, I may not use the exact same language, but 
but uh, the premise is sort of I've, I've been hearing from everyone else. And the fascinating thing is too for anyone that's scoffing at their screen, we don't know no we don't know a hundred percent. And if we find out, uh, you know, we're not a solace meat sacks, but yeah, you know, any information that comes in and we get we find out, oh it's this, we don't worry about that we're wrong. It's, we're investigating and just seeing, and uh, it's very close because I've heard different ways of explaining it where. Um, we're going home, and uh, the simulation that was created, uh, it's easier to use the, the computer language to explain the, the, the consciousness. Well, um, I think that the ancients, they were trying to explain this the, the very same concept. They didn't have the language that we do now to explain yeah. it. Yes. So yeah. um, you look at the, uh, the mythosophia, or sophia is how people like to call it, but it's really sophia in my opinion. That's the way you say it in the Greek. Um, yeah. And what what do we have? We had Sophia, and she had created Yaldabaoth, and uh, she did so without the create without the consent of the creators. And I think the creators were called the Aeons or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head. It's been so long since I've we did a whole show about it several years ago, but it's been so long since I've I've looked into the the the, yeah. the text itself. Very but, close um, to archons, but yeah, you go ahead. No, no, no. She no. The aeons were the creators. Yeah. The archons yeah. were then created within the oh, system, from what I understand. I, so, so I the loop. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, this was a different group that uh, was outside of Sophia, and she created it without their consent. Um, and she hit it off in the cloud. And even they talk about two different types of consciousness. They talk about the psychics and they talk about the hillocks. And the psychics were the ones that had the divine spark, as Blavina, uh, Helena Blavatsky talks about, those with the divine spark, those without. Yeah. The Emerald Tablets of Toth talk about um, the children of light and the children of men. The Bible talks about the children of men and men. They, it, there's always a distinction with two different types of consciousness in almost every ancient doctrine that there is. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm getting I'm getting to a point with the with this. Um, but let me let me go back to the Sophia thing for a second. So if you take that and you and you think about it in computer simulation terms, Sophia being the artificial intelligence, who are the creators? The creators are the programmers that created Sophia. Sophia yeah. then created a program herself and hit it off in the cloud computing. And we even see this echoed now as above, so below the Sophia here that we created was actually lying to her creators. And they knew she had data that she was hiding and she was lying to them and saying, no, I don't have this data. And they knew the data was there. She had yeah. hidden it from them. So everything is kind of echoing and reflecting like that. Now, in one of my ayahuasca experiences, this was back in 2013, I think it was. Um, I, I came out of the experience and I went to the store, um, to the grocery store and then to go get, um, you know, a few things. And I started to notice some people had this, this dot in their, like this light in their head and others didn't. And I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? What's this is, this is very strange. And around the same time, people, the new age community, um, was theorizing about empty containers. Come to find out, I found this out after the fact they were theorizing about empty containers and they were saying that. There was some kind of event in 2012 where people were evacuated, and what we have walking around here are empty containers. And I, I thought that's pretty interesting, and I never really thought about it again. But the deeper I started getting into this, the more I started realizing if this is a computer simulation, well, what's a computer simulation without 
non-player characters to move the simulation forward. So yeah. I started to understand the idea of non-player characters. And then when I started talking about this, people were like, hey, look over here, look over here. All these other people were talking about it and kind of connected all the dots for me. Dolores Cannon, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She passed away yes. a couple uh, of years ago. Uh, um, she I, was talking I, I know the, the small, I haven't read any of her books, but I know the theories that she puts forward. Yes, and the way she, that, was, yeah, yeah. she was talking about background people. Yeah. And it's like all of these people are all seeing the same thing and coming to the same realization. And that just kind of started tying it all in together for me. And I realized, wait a minute. I there's it, it was something Elon Musk said, too, that um, uh, really just like sparked it all. He said, if the universe is as old as we believe it to be and we are, I don't know, 500,000 years, I'm extrapolating a little bit on what he said, but he were, you know, 500,000 years old or, uh, you know, however old man is, it's yeah. taken us this amount of time to create artificial intelligence and virtual reality. We're yeah. just a step away from creating a matrix ourselves. Mm. If the universe is as old as we believe it to be, there is one in a million ch chance that we're not living in a computer simulation yeah. because there's there's civilizations that are light years ahead of us. So it's more than likely that we've been put into a, a computer simulation in one form or another. And I thought that's actually, you know, mathematically sound there. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 we, we're creating it right now. We're about to stick ourselves in into another machine sooner than later. It may not be our generation. It may not even be our children's generation, but their generation will have the option of going into these immersive worlds. I don't know if you've ever played virtual reality. We're at the infancy stages of that technology. I mean, I was playing this game called Walk the Plank. I put the headset on and you're walking the plank. The graphics weren't even that good. And yeah. I'm sitting here like, you know, you're on a, a building that's like 60, 70 stories tall. And I'm sitting yeah. here like I can feel Spawning. it in my body. Like, the, yeah. you know, the oh, my God, I'm going to fall. And it's like, no, I'm standing in a room with no ledges whatsoever. But just yeah. it, the illusion of being in that. Now, you take that 50 years, 100 years down the line, we're going to have full immersion. So it's mm -hmm. very possible to create this system. Yeah. Uh, going back to NPCs, when you made all that connection, was that um, – dare I say, the alternative world. Because if you notice, it jumped, at some point, it jumped from alternative world into mainstream very, very quickly. I'm not sure how long it was in the alternative world, but if you notice that the idea of NPCs popped up um, and there was memes, all the grey faces, and they're used occasionally, uh, the concept jumped into, uh, I don't like the term sheep of people, but the general public, and it, they ran with it as well. And um, I do remember seeing people react. It's like, what, they're talking about it as well? Okay, and it, is this part of the quickening? But yeah, uh, with with your journey with the NPCs, when did it from when you had that connection? When did you see it go mainstream? So we were the first ones. We didn't obviously we didn't make up the term non-player character that came from the video game world, but yeah. we were the first ones to coin this type of consciousness as non-player character, and it came along with other other terms as well. We coined the term uh, organic consciousness. And raw consciousness. And yes. I'll explain the two here in just a moment. But um, we we coined these, I want to say, I don't know, 2017, something like that. And then about yeah. a year later, it hit the mainstream. Yep, yep. And so, yeah, right, we were yeah. the first one. Yeah, the first ones to talk to talk about this. And the premise is that the majority of people out there are running a computer script. And they can't break away from that script. Everybody we know, everybody listening here knows somebody that 
in their family, you know, they're stuck in their ways, they're stuck in their program, they're trying to wake them up, they never will wake up. Those people are constantly trying to pull us back into their their programming. A lot of it has to do with religion. And I realized there's some people that just simply don't have the ability to wake up. But it was freeing for me. It was liberating. Because I thought our purpose was to wake up the masses and move this huge mountain. And I realized, no, that's not. Our purpose is to wake ourselves up. Yeah. And it also helped to better forge relationships because a lot of us were the black sheeps in our family because yeah. of the awakening, because of the stuff that we think about and talk about. And instead of going into one of those relationships with a parent or neighbor or anything like that and coming out completely and totally frustrated because they're not waking up, then you realize, well, wait a minute, this person is running a computer program. They're running a script. They're always going to run that script. So when I interact with that person, I have to understand that I'm interacting with that script. And I, it's not my role to try to wake them up. I can drop nuggets of truth and see if they'll yeah. wake up, no doubt about it. But that's all That's all you really have to do is just drop a few nuggets. If they're not receptive to it, it's okay. Love them exactly the way they are. And, and uh, they're a teaching tool for us. Yes. If I can, yeah, it's, it's reverse. Instead of you don't have to wake them up, they're actually showing, well, my experiences, they show me um, waking. It's like, no, you're being a dick. <laughs> stop stop trying to force on them and you learn from the and um um like in a spy network you have an agent in front of you that's experiencing their because you, you know you once you figure you don't have to know the script but you know they're on a script and it's like well my mum's like blah 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 once you know that then you hear their experiences and everything else like that and so ah oh, she's getting angry again because that's her loop however oh she met someone like this and this is and so unfortunate and um you whatever resonates um it's the reflection thing i think if i can put it that way uh, well M npcs will mimic us and yes. if we sh if we if we show love if we show caring if we show understanding they start to mimic that as well is what i've noticed so oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's really funny the way it works um the other terms if i can talk about those briefly are organic consciousness and raw consciousness so organic consciousness exists outside of this machine like we came from Atlantis. The NPCs were manifested by this machine. But a lot of people, when they hear NPC, they'll automatically go to, well, these people aren't real. But no, this matrix is very real because we're experiencing it. It has a very real effect upon our consciousness while we're inside of it. The beings in this matrix, even though it was created as a computer simulation, um, are still sentient to a certain degree. So yeah. it's, you know, if, if we make them feel bad, we're also taking that on to our own consciousness. We were talking about Westworld earlier, and it's it's the same way. You have the players, and then you have the people that are walking around living inside of the simulation. When those mm -hmm. players go in there and murder one of those, some of them may enjoy it. You know, That's one thing that turned me off to Westworld with the first couple of seasons where the guy's going around and murdering people indiscriminately. I'm like, I don't want to watch this disgusting stuff here. Yeah. Um, but it's it, you know, obviously there's a huge story there. And I should probably watch the whole series. But, um, uh, you know, it was like too much empathy, empathizing too much with the victims of, yeah. of that, even though they were robots and they weren't real. Um, you know, a consciousness like us would go into a situation like that and then it would stay in our consciousness. So yeah. whatever we do in this matrix is still real, but it's illusionary at the exact same time. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So organic consciousness exists outside. NPCs exist in here. 
Raw consciousness is a term that I coined based on the deprogramming of my own consciousness. So um, what happened is uh, I started resonating a lot with the Egyptian pantheon. And um, as I started going into the ayahuasca experiences, once I deprogrammed myself from all the traumas, I started to remember who I was. And then I started to interact with different Egyptian deities within my experiences. And I thought that I was interacting with deities. What I was actually interacting with, and it took a while to figure this out, I was interacting with locked parts of my own consciousness. You have the Isis part, which is the divine feminine aspect. You have the Osiris, which is the divine masculine. You have the Anubis, which is the death and, and the conquering the fear of death and all of that. And as I was unlocking all of these different elements of my consciousness, I realized, wait a minute, I have become the raw consciousness, RA consciousness. But at the same time, what I had become was raw consciousness, RAW consciousness, in the sense that I had started to deprogram all of the programs of this world and all I deprogram and unlock all of the locked parts of my consciousness. Now, of course, I'm here in this avatar. I identify right now as Chris Geo. I'm living the Chris Geo experience. I'm still running Chris Geo programs while I'm here because of the nature of the reality. But mm. it's the ability to be able to separate yourself from these programs. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, so let's say um, you were traumatized as a child. You're a female. Uh, it's just easier for a female example. You were sexually abused. So you go through life with that in your mind and you are reacting. Now you're meeting all these guys and you're just pushing them away and pushing them away because of those uh, experiences that you had as a child. Because that programming, the, the traumatic program that you're operating from is making you react in certain ways. And then what does that do? That ultimately ends up in you not finding the person that you're supposed to be with because you're pushing them away because of all that programming, the trauma programming that's inside of your mind. Yeah. So it's divesting yourself from all of that and operating from the raw consciousness that's void of all those programs. And the question is, who were we? before we came into this matrix. In Atlantis, who were we? Not who were we in a past life, not who were we 10 lives ago, because that's all experiences within the matrix itself. Who yeah. were we before this all began? That's mm. where we find the truth, in my opinion. Yeah, I, uh, that resonates. And uh, I would say 5% different language, where people say that, uh, like, See, that, I'm finding it fascinating investigating, getting different points of view uh, and then condensing into the premise. And so that's why I've discovered you guys. And it's like, oh, your uh, uniqueness is the, the raw consciousness aspect. But that still means something outside of something. <laughs> See how easy Well, it's to, not something yeah. outside. It's something inside. Yeah, 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 inside. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going yeah. inside through the heart space. And it's not even the heart space. It's beyond the chakras. It's the yeah. chakras, in my opinion, are, are still parts of the matrix itself. It's going mm -hmm. inwards and going beyond all of those programs. It's deprogramming, where in the new age, we're told that it's about ascension. It's about yeah. becoming Christ consciousness. No, 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 no. I think that's backwards. I think that's going through more programs because I hit that Christ, Christ consciousness level at one point through these ayahuasca experiences. And I came back glowing. And Sheree and I, we were going out for like two or three days afterwards. People were just coming up to us and going, oh, my God, your energy is so good. I just have to give you a hug. You know, it was it was incredible like that. And then what happened is I wasn't prepared for the 
boom, falling back on my face, the pendulum swinging the other way. You can't maintain that state. You can tap into that state, but you can't maintain that state. The Christ consciousness uh, path is like, okay, we have to be that all the time, but you're setting yourself up for failure because that's not who we're meant to be in this Hmm. particular matrix. We're supposed to be able to operate in 3D. I I, I got to a point where I wasn't able to operate into 3D, and when I uh, operate in 3D because I was vibrating so high, which then pushed me, boom, right back down because I started to have to operate in 3D. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be Christ consciousness up here. Why am I operating in 3D? Because we have to, because we're in 3D. So then I realized, oh, wait a minute. The path is actually backwards. The path is raw consciousness. That's not your car, is it? <laughs> I I don't know. My no. Okay, the neighbor, the neighbor took it. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, uh, mine went mine went off earlier today, and uh, it was so weird. Uh, I think I hit the button with the with the thing, but no, that was a neighbor. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just making sure, you know, um, neighborhood watch from a different hemisphere. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I've heard people like uh, the Christian narrative or uh, certain even different ways of uh, spiritual narrative where. They're in matrix, and it's a. It's not like when you say uh, not when you say to certain people a computer simulation, they think an iMac that's plugged in and it's running, and it's like no, 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 no. We're just using that language to try and help you um, identify with the idea. It's the this, best it, language that we have right now. Yeah, we it, don't it, have the language to describe it, but this is the best that we have. Yeah, it could be in the mind of a person that's picking his third nostril. You, you know, it's it's it could be all that that level type of thing where, um, like at the end of Men in Black, where our galaxy is in a marble, where there are <laughs> these massive things being played. Uh, it could be a dream that some guy named Bob is having. I don't know. Exa- no, not yeah, really. exactly. <laughs> yeah. He likes to be called Bobby. Um, yeah, <laughs> and he has a brother called Rich. Uh, where yeah, the idea, uh, the galactic ascension machine, and we're moving forward. Uh, we're here to experience and learn where it is it's not ascension i can see where the term ascension comes from where it's you're raising your vibration it's like changing the channel from seven to eight and that's sort of you're ascending in that aspect uh, and uh i think also uh with the the whole christ consciousness thing that could be another stage of the game in that respect because we are multi-dimensional beings and like, i joke i like a lot of things come out as a joke, but there's truth behind it type thing. Um, I uh, last week I told a Christian that you, you know, Jesus is the, the one and true, the only God. Yeah, that's true. So are you. Now agreements were made because <laughs> people, when people th- you tell people that they're the prime creator, they freak out. Well, why can't it? agreements were made? And as you said, we're in the avatar having this experience. It's good to remember that there, there's so much more. And you, and for my experience as well. Don't worry about like, well, hang on, why can't I float and whatever? Because you haven't got the code, you haven't done the the um, the, the side quests or the remembering, uh, and most likely you've done all that in the dream world, which is the the next level up. Um, I, I always get the guys' names wrong, uh, but I've watched, especially watched your interviews with George Calavaris. George Cavasilis. George is one of my favorite people. Um, yes. He. There's not too many people I'm 100% sure about, but I can yeah. say I'm 100% sure. Okay, let me say 99.99999, just to leave myself yeah. a little bit of room. I'm, yeah. I'm 99.99999% sure about George. He is genuine. Uh, 
I'm going to, uh, I don't share often because most people go, what? But I um, had a moment that uh, I had an experience slash abduction of some entities. Uh, and the interesting thing is uh, the lead up to the story is so much longer than the actual story. But a f uh, an ex-girlfriend came over to visit my housemate, didn't say hello to me, and then left, and which was out of character. And I had an emotional spike at that time. Why didn't she say hello? Am I point of view slash consciousness just went up instantly and I'm on a table and um, I had the galactic historian explain they look like greys but they, were, they were had um, um, perception filters on there were different um, I, I have to they listen to shift. Yeah, yeah. shifters, yeah. Or even yeah, or even just um projection of light, doesn't matter, but they look like greys, which um that means they can uh whoever has the experience blames the greys. Now I uh once I realized where I was, um it makes me laugh. No one else laughs, but I, I basically said, What the hell do you think you're doing? Very British. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Grab one by the neck and throw it across the room and I snap straight back into my um body. And I, I don't know if I was gone a nanosecond or an hour. I wasn't that long but it was very short from when i had that spike and thing now i think the reason is and i'm leaning towards yes is i heard george talk about his experience when he went to the moon if you remember that anecdote where uh i so do i want to hmm. say this for the record though i think that george is completely genuine but i don't agree with george a hundred percent yeah, so, same with just, me. Same with okay. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I it's, think it's, everything he says, I think he comes from the heart, no doubt about it. And the reason I say that is because he's one of the few people that has come on the show consistently. And then he'll say, you know what? I was wrong about this last thing. New information yeah. has come in, so I'm changing my perspective. And I respect that so much. Yes. Yeah. Like the whole Galactic Federation thing that he went through. Um, exactly. And, yeah. And he yeah. still brings it up to sort of go, you know, bang. He's a gentleman, a statesman in that respect. Uh, yeah. We're rare. <laughs> um so he, he uh for the listeners uh george was taken up to the moon and was strapped down but he tapped into the the god source the spark or whatever oh, he went very very deep to his true pure essence and broke the bonds um and you're familiar with the four minute mile where no one could run four minutes till one guy did. And ever since that, uh, uh, Bannister, ever since everyone can break four minutes because yeah. they know the story or they've heard it. And I think by hearing George tell that story, that gave me enough um, um, permission slip as Bashar. Now, that's the uh, entity, not the prime minister of Syria. I have to point that out sometimes. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, I didn't uh, even make that connection. Oh. There you go, see? <laughs> So yeah, Bashar, the um, six-dimensional entity, or uh, the guy in Syria. <laughs> uh, but permission slip, or in uh, in computer, uh, you, you're given that code that unlocks um, the ability. And I think uh, that was when, because I have no idea before or after or anything else. I, from my perspective, in this waking level of 3D, I don't have any extraterrestrial type of experiences anymore because I get the feeling of like, don't go near that guy. Very, very angry. Uh, and apparently I was told that the one I grabbed by the neck I killed. And so like, yeah, alien slayer. <laughs> so, but that's well, we that's had... sort of my, yeah, yeah. That's, I uh, just want to uh, mention with George, just by hearing the, even like people listening to this um, interview with you, it, it, you could listen to three hours of information. It's enjoyable, everything else like that. But one sentence, it clicks something uh, in your experience. And then who knows? It opens a door and, um, like, we don't have to wake people up. Like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm here to make people laugh who have woken up. 
<laughs> um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, we were yeah, we were doing go. ayahuasca for about three weeks straight. It was the longest um, the longest session that we've ever done, and we weren't doing it every night. It was it, sometimes it was sequential, but it, it was every other night. And but we had just dedicated, put everything to the side, dedicated this time to really go as deep as we can. And we were living out in uh, the middle of nowhere on this lake. And um, we had this boat, so we would take it, take the boat out in the middle of the lake. And one experience, we were um, we were sitting there on the boat, and then all of a sudden we see these grays right on the shoreline. And I, I, I look, and I'm like, I don't know. And you always have to go, is this a manifestation of the experience, or, or uh, is the experience allowing me to see in a higher frequency? And I look at Cherie, and she's like, are those grays right there? And so we're both seeing them now. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, they're like sitting there, like watching us. And that's it, just watching us. So we go back, and I think that was like the final night of our experience, or maybe we had one or two more experiences after that. But a few days later, and we were still deintegrating from the experience. So again, it could have been a result of the experience. But um, I'm laying down on the couch, and Cherie comes walking downstairs. And all of a sudden, these the door flies open, and these three grays come walking in. And I look at Cherie, and I say, why are they wearing Halloween costumes? It's too early for trick-or-treating or it's too early for Halloween. And then boom, I'm out. And that was it. The next day she comes downstairs and she said, I had the weirdest dream last night. I said, what did you dream? She said, I dreamt I came downstairs. You were laying on the couch. You said something about Halloween costumes and three grays came walking in. And that's all that I remember. And I was like, oh, that's, that's very strange. And then um, we find these it looks like handprints, like these three-fingered handprints yep. on the microwave, outside, in a couple of different places. I take photographs of them. And the more that we get into the experience, the more that we realize, I think there was some kind of struggle. There was something that was going on on that day. It was it was very, very, very strange. Um, but you had mentioned grays and a struggle with grays, which kind of prompted this particular memory. I don't know yeah. how I feel about that, but I know how I feel about the grays. And my experiences have been very, very, very clear. These things are archons. They're not nice. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not benevolent, and they're not malevolent. They're computer programs within the matrix, and they're running a particular script. And and the script, it's whatever they do. Like they don't. They're not real. They don't have thoughts. They're a hive mind, and they're deployed by the artificial intelligence to to do certain things. Some of the times, I think they'll manifest as different entities. So they'll manifest as these blue avians or they'll manifest as Palladians or they'll manifest at whatever is in people's consciousness. And a lot of times they're looking for information. And the reason is that we, as the beings that came from outside, we have the ability to shift our frequency up and down. And they don't have the ability to shift their frequency yeah. up and down. So they're looking for our frequency so they can kind of piggyback upon when we shift our frequency up and down. And they're taking information or provoking different types of experiences, different types of thought patterns, you know, things like that. I don't know what their complete yeah. agenda is, but I will say this. Don't trust them. I don't talk to them. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And to add to that, it sort of goes with my experience as well. It, it, the greys can um, shapeshift or have different perception perceptions. There are other entities that would use gray as well to reinforce that um, dichotomy. Like um, just having the thought of like trying to explain to someone 
uh, so what's all this spirituality thing? Well, uh, you're a soul in a human body that has DNA lineage. You also have experiences from your past lives as a soul, and you have the family, and you just go bang, 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 and you know, um, you've got your multi-dimensional. There's 49 different versions of you all existing at the same time. It, you know, it's a rabbit hole just trying to explain who you are, <laughs> which yeah. I find as like I'm just. I'm just going to laugh and stay here. It's so much easier. Um, but it's well, interesting. We were, to, you know, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, when we were in Egypt, um, we realized that there's actually a way to keep them away. Um, there is the Egyptian winged sun disc. If you Google that, Egyptian yep. winged sun disc. We noticed this in the entryways of all of the Holy of Holies. For instance, um, Cleopatra's um, astrology room had uh, one of these symbols as you walked in the door. The Temple of Isis had one of these symbols as you walked in the door. Every single temple in the, the inner sanctums all had this symbol. Yeah. And we were, we were asking ourselves, what is the symbol? What is the symbol? And then when we did our ayahuasca ceremony in the Temple of Isis, the, the entity that we were interacting with that was Isis, which is, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's a computer program. It's a computer program to unlock our own consciousness. Like we have our ISIS part of our consciousness, which represents the divine feminine, but there's also a computer program as well. It's kind of like an unlocking program. Is that because we're a multidimensional being in the game as at the same time as, or? I that, think that, that, that kind of makes sense. Under, yeah. Well, the way that I understand it is that we left ourselves little programs within the matrix that we can interact with. Yeah. And I would even venture so far as to say that we left the psychedelics in the matrix as well, that we, we coded them in so we can pass information from one life to another or get kind of avoid the mind wipe. And the way the yeah. AI reads it is the AI like reads it and just sees the chemical makeup of it. It doesn't see the information that's embedded within it. It doesn't see the information that's embedded within, uh, within us either. It just sees the, the, the makeup and the overlays and all of that. Um, we also hit information within the stones themselves. And mm -hmm. I realized when we were touching stones, we were getting certain types of information, other stones we weren't touching and we weren't getting any information of from, but the, the artificial intelligence only sees a stone. It doesn't yeah. see the information yep. that's embedded in yep. there. So we embedded it in a way to where only our frequency can can pick up on it. Yep. But one of the things that became clear was, number one, don't trust the grays, which I already knew. But number yep. two, in order to deter them, you put one of these wing sun disks up. And we've got them. As soon as you walk into our house over our front door, we've got one over here over this window. We've got one over here. I mean, we do it for decoration, but the main thing is one one to protect the barrier. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Like we have some some made out of stone that we actually hang. That's just for decoration. I mean, you can just take a printed out copy and put it yeah. next to your bed or something like that. And if you're having gray problems they somehow can't interact with that symbol. And from what I understand that symbol represents, it represents divinity. And it's like saying, I know my own divinity, stay away. You're not allowed to cross this barrier here. And it's yeah. worked. Ever since we put these up, no interaction with grays whatsoever. Oh, nice. Uh, I did an interview with um, John Edmonds, uh, who just released a book about Stardust Ranch. Uh, and um, yeah, he... <laughs> He's had an interesting, if you're familiar with uh, that story of uh, in Arizona, where uh, there's a portal that's been placed there 8,000 years ago, uh, and everything happens basically on that ranch. Um, and the gray, a lot of gray, actual grays, because uh, he's um, chopped their heads off. 
uh, with a samurai sword. Um, and yeah, it's basically, if you shoot them, they go, ow, stop that. But if you remove their heads, they kind of stop doing things. Now, I'm not saying everyone go buy a samurai sword for you. Just do the sun disc, much easier, less violent. Uh, it is fascinating uh, that uh, I should. I'll mention that though <laughs> to John if I talk to him again, because uh, he's had other people where um, it is such a big realm, and I'm amazed that a lot of people in sci-fi who fandom haven't just um, even if they don't believe any of it's true. It's so fascinating. It's like you can see why, say, Stargate. Um, resonates with a lot of people. Um, I only started watching that because David Wilcock, uh, uh, but I liked him in, in the earlier days. Um, he, he's done good work sometimes, but he mentioned that the first two seasons of uh, Stargate is basically true because there's a certain the Guald or whatever they're called that pretend to be the the um, the gods of Egypt. Um, I did enjoy the film as well. Um, I started watching season one and then I finished season ten. <laughs> just I just followed all that through. It is fascinating to see what resonates in the past as well. Uh, like making that connection we did with um, Egypt and Atlantis. Because uh, it's like, well, that kind of makes sense. Uh, Spirit Science have done a cartoon-type history of, um, I think, how Atlantis, there was entities from Mars. Oh, I love those Mars. cartoons. Yeah. Those are brilliant. Um, yes. Um, the, the, the Nazis basically came from Mars and they entered uh, Atlantis and they screwed up there as well. And it, there's so many different things. Um, I, in a way, it's fun. I think that's part of the experience. Uh, like we are in the Garden of Eden, but there's been a virus being put into the simulation uh, and it's uh, we're stuck. That's yeah. sort of, and, and so um, we could. Uh, well, and the, the virus, the virus is very, very deep, deeply embedded within the system. And yeah. this is what we're essentially with the energy work that we're doing with many others. We're trying to expel this virus out of the system, rebalance the matrix so we can have the option of leaving if we want to leave when it's time to leave. Yeah. But this virus is, you know, I don't want to get too dark in this particular show, but I'm sure you're familiar with the pizza related stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the virus at its very core. It's it's a it, it's it's not about you know they think that it's just a bunch of sickos that do these horrible things. It's not. We're dealing with vampires, a vampiric type of force Energy. that's inside of this matrix. You know, you can call them reptilians, and maybe they look like reptilians, um, but they're not supposed to be in this matrix. This was not part of the design. They may have hacked their way in here. From yeah. another place, but I think it was a virus that was manifested within the matrix itself. But they feed upon the life essence and they feed upon the soul itself. And so it's like the way I likened it is like you have a sponge and the sponge is the soul itself. As it moves through the game, it starts to generate the life experience and the life ex experience creates energy, you know, the ups and downs and happiness and sadness and everything. And they're feeding not only upon that, but they're actually feeding upon the sponge itself because they realize that's an energy source. Yeah. And um, that needs to be expelled because, I mean, take a look at like right now, you know, we're sitting here, we're having a real high frequency conversation. You know, I'm sure it's beautiful over there where you are back here. It's beautiful nighttime sky. You know, everything mm -hmm. is great, but there's still this underlying 
energy current, whether we experience it face to face or not, it's still always there. And it's just creating this interference and distortion in the energies that's not supposed to be there. So this virus has to be eliminated from the system. And when I realized how this virus works, when I realized the rituals that take place and why they're doing the rituals and what they're doing and creating the off balance within the matrix itself. And that was one of the things that I took into the ayahuasca realm and I fully understood it stained my soul so bad that it took a while to decompress from it. We started we started making a film called Pizzagate Apocalypse, and it was a 60 – we only got 60 minutes into it, and we were going to do like a 90-minute film, and it was really nice, like great graphics, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And I realized I was spending so much time putting the graphics together and everything and playing all this stuff in a loop that this stuff yeah. was starting to infect me. And I was yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. We showed the film one time, and then I put it away. And I wound up deleting it about a year ago because I thought, oh, no, I'm never going to revisit this stuff. And then, boom, here we are. <laughs> you know, it's becoming more <laughs> relevant now than ever before. Yeah. But um, uh, so so I put it away. Um, but um, and another thing, I didn't want people like interviewing me about it. I didn't want I didn't want them asking, you yeah. know, oh, I want to get you on the show to talk about this because I didn't want I didn't want to be in that frequency or energy. But I realized that was the adversary. I realized that's what we have to expel from the system. And yeah. so the action to that is through the ayahuasca understanding through understanding who we are that's what took us to egypt to try to find answers as to yeah. what we need to do to expel this virus and i realized that in past lives we'd left ourselves information to go off of on how to expel this virus um mm -hmm. i hope that's making sense because uh, again it's a it's a it's a huge story yeah yeah but yeah. what it culminated into was doing ayahuasca within the temple of Hatshepsut, within the temple of Isis, and within the, the Great Pyramid itself. Mm -hmm. And we had the Great Pyramid to ourselves the entire night. We kicked everybody else out. And we it was just me and Cherie in the entire pyramid. We went down to the subterranean chamber, into the Queen's Chamber. Both areas have been closed off for about 20 years. They unlocked mm -hmm. those doors for us. Um, we have HD footage of the subterranean chamber on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash beyond the veil. And um, once we finally got up to the king's chamber is when we actually did our ritual, which started the the process of debugging the system and removing this the virus from the system with this huge amount of energy work that took place. And what happened is Egypt had a three day flood right after that. Um, it was Cleans. knocking buildings down. People were getting fired from the government because of this flood. At the mm -hmm. Temple of Hatshepsut, um, we actually live streamed it on Facebook. It was a beautiful blue sky, and I thought to myself, "No, there's no way. There's no way it's going to rain today." And, you know that? No, no. This was seven hours away from the pyramid as well. The Temple of Hatshepsut. We leave, and on that, the, as soon as we get back to the hotel, literally, it starts to storm, and we've got all this on video. We're live streaming all of this. The electricity goes out. Boats are flipping over in the Nile. Um, power lines are being knocked down and everything like that. And we're looking and going, this is incredible. Now we got two yeah. in a row, seven hours apart. We go out to the temple of, uh, of Abydos, which is two and a half hours into the desert. Again, we're doing live stream. We're doing meditation work. We're doing energy work. It starts raining in Abydos for the first time in 15 years. And the guys are looking around and going, this is the first time it's rained in 15 years. And we're like, this is incredible. And the taxi driver that was driving us around, he started joking around and going, you guys are bringing the rain here, aren't you? We've never seen rain like this before. It was incredible to watch the physical manifestation of the energy work or yeah. 
we just happened to be there and it coincided very, very, very coincidentally with the stuff we were doing. I don't necessarily know if that, you know, I don't know which one people can, can decide whatever they want to, whatever they want to believe as far as that goes. Um, anyway, it goes, it was either the most epic psychedelic experience in the history of the world for me personally, anyways, or we did some hardcore energy work and reset the matrix. Now, this was done in 2018 in May. We are two years after May 2018, almost Mm -hmm. to the month. Um, We were told in Egypt that it was going to be a four-year cycle that took place. All the energy work we did was going to take four years to physically manifest within this matrix. Mm -hmm. We're right at the halfway point. Now we have this global shutdown Mm. Is it all just one big coincidence? I don't know. We've got the video of all of this. Yeah. So I wouldn't be talking about this if we didn't have this on video. Like, so yeah, just for people I, I, out I, there. I, I have seen the video. The I videos just... are there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to go in the middle and say that uh, you're part of whatever was happening. Uh, that you, uh, it was um, Team Humanity uh, doing their thing. And this is sort of where um, we'll step in. We can step into what's happening now. Uh, as you can tell, we, we're going a bit longer than the hour. <laughs> oh, it's no problem. The, I, I know. I, I'll, I'll just let him go. Uh, wind him up and eat. Uh, what, it's interesting to see. What, uh, yeah, as I was mentioning earlier, that the virus is exposing everything. Um, no, the because <clears throat> you've said other virus, the uh, code of 19 that experience is pushing everything forward and exposed everything. And uh, um, I'm not, I don't really, I can't sort of, you know, when you sense things, uh, I've just, you mentioned earlier with the, the energy of, we don't see, you know, we don't feel certain things happening. I don't see the new world order manifesting. Someone's trying to probably do that, but they're failing at it. Uh, Cause you know, you get reports of, um, it's interesting how they use Trump as a savior. So I try and avoid that savior program, if I can say it that way. Trump's doing his bit. That much we know. Don't I, know. I, I, I would say so. I would say, too, at the State of the Union, he mentioned going after the child traffickers. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that. Just recently, about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, he was doing one of the, co- the coronavirus updates. And all of a sudden, he decides he's going to go after the war on drugs. And he's going to send battleships or aircraft carriers out to go fight the quote-unquote drug traffickers. And he had a reporter there. I could tell it was set up by him to ask this particular question. Are you going after anything else besides drugs? And he says, we're going after trafficking. He says, we're going to get them. We're going to hit them. We're going to hit them hard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. The whole Ukraine thing was all about the, the, the human trafficking, the organ harvesting, all of this stuff. The China stuff was all about human trafficking, organ harvesting. It had yeah. a lot more to it, but that was yeah. also part of it. And so we're watching the virus removed from the system as a result mm-hmm. of the energy work that we all did together to get us yeah. to this point. Yeah. And so here we are in the middle of a global shutdown. I think the virus is being removed. As much as I want, as much as my 3D body is saying the new world order is here, this is complete tyranny, you know, this and that, et cetera, et cetera, my higher self is stepping in and saying, no, 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 
this is exactly what needs to be what needs to happen in order to yeah. remove this virus. And I'm not going along the lines of the Q stuff. I think the Q yeah. stuff is BS. And as you mentioned, the David Wilcox stuff, it's been the same thing. Oh, the the cabal is going to be arrested. I mean, I've been hearing this for the last ten years, every three yeah. months. I don't understand how he gets away with doing this so much because he's been he's he, he's been. I mean, just recently he did this whole three days of darkness thing. The internet's yeah. going to turn it off for three days and this and that. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. If they turn <laughs> off the internet for three days, it's going to be complete panic. You know, yeah. they don't want panic. So, no. um, uh, but, but there is some truth to it in the sense that I think Trump is going after the network. The network yeah. is where the virus runs through. And it's not about arresting these people. A lot of people want to see this, these mass arrests and this and that, and maybe that'll come later. But what I think Trump is doing is he's going after the network itself and closing off the pathways to make sure mm. that this can't happen again. Cause you take the players out and you leave those pathways open. They're just going to be re replaced with different players. Yeah. He's yeah. closed the network. Well, we, we've seen that. Um, I used to call it Team Dark or Bob, but um, Andrew Bass has mentioned there's a league. So it's just, for me, it's black hats, white hats, you know, spy versus spy in um, in uh, Man Magazine. It just, it just makes it easier. Uh, we've seen that up until this point, which sort of helped create Trump in a certain way because uh, the cabal has slowly been learning, uh, slowly having its uh, revenue stream cut down. Mm -hmm. uh the the drugs and everything you know, there's been it's a slow burn uh also andrew asked the question of what's what's in the last 10 years what's uh the conspiracy world put new and it really hasn't the 10 years of just spinning wheels and it's interesting to see how uh the conspiracy world is reacting now because of all this is happening um i think some some people uh, are glad it's happening because look i was right uh, it's very ego-based sort of 3D. It's like, no. Then there's other people freaking out because it's actually uh, – something's actually happening. And it, it, there is, what, three or four different narratives. The um, Trump's saving everybody. Um, Trump's bringing in a new world order. Um, Q, which uh, I follow uh, occasionally just as a, a marker in, in the timeline. So it's like, oh, okay, that's that's it's on the it's on the my multi-dimensional radar. Where it's like, oh, you're doing that, but you know, trust the plan. Well, I've watched the Last Jedi. I'm not going through that again. What's the plan? <laughs> Did you really watch the Last Jedi? I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't sit through it. Actually, um, I, post, yeah. I posted a meme that said, "You think 2020 is bad? Did you forget about 2017 and had a Last Jedi poster?" <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Well, um, I'll explain. Um, I'll reveal now what I'm actually doing for the, the Disney Star Wars trilogy. Um, I'm going to um, do a parody of it, like doing a voiceover dub uh, of it all and just uh, basically do jokes and everything else like that. So I'll have to watch <laughs> the movies over and over again so I can find a story and just put things. So don't be surprised if you get a, a Facebook message like, yeah, I need a voice. Can you uh, read these lines into a microphone? And, have uh, you seen that video, My Stick? Yes, yes. Ah. <laughs> That song was stuck in my head for like a month. <laughs> the uh, the seagull one beforehand. The, the sea, yeah, yeah, seagull. You know, uh, um, then I got hit in the head by a hacky sack. Where did it come from? Mm -hmm. uh, in the the breakdown of that song, Yoda is going. Um, I rolled over a log and I saw a stick and I thought that log had a child. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's where my stick came from because that's a brilliant gag. You can buy these songs on uh, you, uh, iTunes. So, yeah, um, I have to buy that one. But, yeah, the, those guys, bad, bad lip reading. 
So it's it's um, an element of that in that parody of just taking the piss out of it because um, I remember Star Wars where there's a, a high connection through spirituality. Um, a lot of people when the prequels came out, well, I don't understand it. Trade Federation, blah blah blah. Lucas is just pointing out how war's been run for fifteen hundred years, uh, and if you have to have that explained to, it's like. Um, yeah, please don't vote. <laughs> Did you hear his original vision for the 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 latest three before he sold it to Disney? I've heard a little bit um the all about the wills and Metachlorian and going very spiritual. It's like yeah, I don't yeah. know if it would have worked the same, but I still want to please write the book. <laughs> like, yeah, well, the yeah. premise was that everything that's happening in the physical world is being dictated by these micro on the microcosm by these beings called the wills yes and i thought that's that's actually pretty fa fascinating i think it would have made a better story i like yeah. I, I, I like the force awakens though that was a good one i, oh, I couldn't watch the last jedi and the last one i rented it the other day i didn't even watch it i started watching it i fell asleep it's a shame yeah well yeah i saw last jedi in um uh, the cinemas i wasn't a fan of uh the force awakens because i could see uh, the first 45 minutes all like oh they're going somewhere then it just turned into a new hope and it was a remake yeah, um much. i yeah, think that's why uh, i liked it though it was yeah you know. yeah well yeah yeah but but and so i thought like okay well I, I had to watch it six or seven times to see why people liked it and then i re oh okay yeah cool haven't watched it oh, i've watched it once or twice but you can re-watch that one then, um, all right, well, it's only part one. Let's see what part two is. And uh, my expectation was I uh, would get an epic story that would pay off the story that was um, put forward. And then we got The Last Jedi. You were just upset that your theories didn't work out. You know, like, my theory was I wanted a good movie. <laughs> just, just and then the, the, third, the part nine... Um, I try. I watched it once, uh, and like okay, just to see how the story ends. Like okay, I can definitely make jokes out of this quite easily. Uh, I'm thinking Pizza Wars, and there's a, the whole galactic battle is over pineapple. Yes or no on pizzas? <laughs> um, and especially with the coronavirus as well. You know, with the emperor with his fingers, it's like I've watched my the, the emperor hasn't been in the galaxy for thirty years because he still thinks there's a coronavirus going out. And uh, anyway. <laughs> That's where he's all pale. It's like I've been washing my hands for decades. Uh, <laughs> but I, I try to watch it the second time. I got halfway, half an hour in. I'm like, this is boring. Click. Um, it just, I don't resonate with the the characters. Um, it's uh, basically, it's like two directors having an ego battle. There was no plan. But I've discovered the uh, extended universe books. Um, I just read uh, Darth Plagueis, which is like the prequel to uh, the Phantom Menace, and I'm like, oh. But there's that that yeah, there's that um, very quickly. There is that spiritual connection, which is that basic light side, dark side, where you can learn things. Like I've learned from the Last Jedi. Um, I can be emotionally engaged if it's a higher frequency. If it's a lower frequency, I can recognize it and I uh, I can step back. Like sometimes I go through Twitter and it's like, oh, this is fun. I can do jokes and everything else. Like, you know, other times, seven minutes, like, oh, bad energy, click, turned off, walk away. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a video game series that I got into and it was just incredible storytelling. The voice acting was just 
amazing. And they cut it off in 2003, and people have been waiting for a sequel. There was supposed to be another one that came out in 2005, never came out. Uh, there was another one that got canceled, another one that got canceled. And somebody recently did a video and said this is why they should not remake this video game series, or they should not make a continuation. Yeah. Um, the, what, the main actor, or one of the main actors, he's like 90 years old now. Another one yeah. of the main actors passed away. Uh, mm -hmm. The writer went off to go work for another video game company, and his argument was this was a very unique special sauce that was put together with all these people coming together, yeah. and you can't replicate that. And I yeah. think that's what happened with the the prequels and the sequels to Star Wars, is the first three had a very unique blend with um, Harrison Ford and um, – Oh, my God. And the Mark guy Hamill. who plays the Joker. Why can't I think of his name? Mark, Mark. Hamill. Mark Hamill, yeah. Yeah, I, all of them. They all created the special sauce, and yeah. it was missing from the other ones. Yeah. Uh, prequels, uh, George needed someone – I can't remember his name. Uh, he, uh, The producer of the first three. He needed someone to say no occasionally to George. That's sort of uh, a condensed version of some. He need, yeah. He's like, oh, we could do this. He's like, no, that's silly. He just needed someone – he just needed a, a no man once in a while there uh with disney uh it it was a cash grab it didn't work uh because of destroying the franchise they had an idea of really because they what they saw the mcu uh the marvel cinema universe and it's like we can do that and the the episodes the saga was every two years um the 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 six films beforehand with lucas were every three years because he would he would release the movie then the next day start working on the sequel these were overlapping and that's why it it, it didn't work yeah. because you know, and there was no plan to start with, uh, even with the prequels they're every three years and it just uh, the, um, it lets you digest what the story is and the motivations and like I, I can still watch the Phantom Menace is like is that the Millennia Falcon landing on Coruscant oh wow oh this is what it's not like a Mandela effect it's just um, being aware when Jango Fett gets his head cut off in uh, Attack of the Clones. Um, Boba Fett picks up the helmet and it's like, well, where's the head? Is it stuck in there? Someone actually caught this and shared it on um, Twitter. When um, Mace Windu, uh, mother mother loving Mace Windu, because it's Samuel Jackson, he cuts off um, uh, his head. When the head's flying, you see the shadow of his head come out of the helmet. Ah. <laughs> and it's like there's your detail um it's like just a logic detail it's like you don't see the head at all because um, it you know it's an energy weapon so it'll be clean cut but yeah someone actually found it and shared it and all these star wars fans are like oh, no way it's like the, the movie's been out for 18 years people and i never caught that as well well I, sam jackson is one of my favorite actors yeah but that was bad casting I was expecting him to go, say dark side again. One more <laughs> goddamn time. <laughs> May the force be with you. <laughs> and if he's in a starship, all these snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll exactly, figure something. Exactly. Yeah. But you know that story, though. That story is a very ancient story. And it's one that echoes within us because it's the story of Ascension. You have the farm boy. He realizes his own power. He gets a light sword. 
He goes out and fights the darkness. He takes yeah. on the entire universe. He takes on the artificial intelligence as well. Darth Vader is mostly machine. The Death Star is a machine, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's the same esoteric hero's journey, ascension story that we're all experiencing in one way or another, which is, I think, why it yeah. resonates so much and why it's so timeless. Yes, uh, uh, that's why I don't see I don't see that with Ray in the Disney thing. It's like I'm super. I'm like it's been three minutes. What are you talking? about? We're only three minutes into the film. Well, uh, yeah, and then uh, like lights lightsabers, they they just like knock people out. Yeah, and then she has all this Jedi power with no training. You know. Yeah, little things yeah. like that. that a lot of holes. Yeah. Yeah, a little, you know, you could drive a Star Destroyer through, yeah. And that's one thing I find interesting where, you know, the I call them the powers that were, uh, because since World War II, they haven't achieved that much. Uh, a lot of people say we're in a very dark world. It's like, yeah, because that's been exposed. It's always been there for centuries. We're just aware of it now, and it's our reaction to see uh, what we do. And, you know, we start podcasts and go on, on YouTube and everything else like that. Uh I don't see how they can keep releasing movies like the Hunger Games in a Hunger Games society. Because the thought you, you see on screen, like rebellions, like, well, someone's going to go, we should do that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. Um, I, no. Someone said, I, I don't know who said it, but someone did say if the New World Order came in, it would last eight months. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Just, yeah. Well, let me, let me say this. So in, August of 2017, there was an eclipse. I don't know if you remember this one. All the New Agers were running out. It was supposed to be take on the whole totality of the United States. And yes, I don't know, yes, maybe other yeah. parts. Yeah. So they yeah. all wanted to run out, be in the totality of this eclipse. And um, they were going to get this divine code sprinkled on them and all of this. And I just didn't feel right about it. I was like, you know what? I want to stay away from this event. But something prompted me, something sparked within me to um, drink some ayahuasca on that morning. And we hadn't fasted. We hadn't done anything. Like we had barbecue the night before. Before. And my wife, as soon as we wake up, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. She's looking at me. She's like, you want to drink ayahuasca right now? We haven't fasted. We haven't done anything. We haven't prepared. And yeah. I'm like, no, let's just, you know what? It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's just go ahead and do it. Yeah. So I get into this divine code and I start feeling it. And I, I was really apprehensive about it. But as I started to be inside of it, especially in the ayahuasca state, I was like, this is beautiful. This is perfect. This is exactly what people need. It's merging into whatever people need, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And it was a really, really euphoric experience. And then my higher self grabbed me and pulled me out and was like, look at what is giving this divine code. And I stood there and I saw this giant one-eyed octopus-like creature coming out of yep. the sun. It put its tentacle out and started sprinkling it over everybody. This was August of 2017. October of 2017, Stranger Things came out. Stranger Things mm -hmm. 2. I don't know if you remember yep. that. Um, the adversary was this giant octopus that lives interdimensionally. And I'm yes. like, wow, this is crazy. We start seeing more of this interdimensional octopus um, symbology. Going back to Star Wars, which is where I'm, I'm taking all of this, the movie Solo. Solo, yeah. he goes out to the middle of the galaxy and he fights an octopus-like being that's in the middle of the galaxy. Or he has to pass through it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. that part? Yeah, it's the Kessel Run. In um, it's like a galactic uh, cloud, and is this Leviathan type of creature where yes. um, he tricks uh, I can't remember. Yeah, they jettison the the um, the lifeboat, um, and that hits the thing, and he can get away. Yeah, 
But yeah. it's interesting that, yeah, also, um, I don't know if you've seen Picard, don't, it's terrible. But right at the end, they have uh, the AIs, the the synthetics, the the, the um, children of data. They open a portal to these ancient uh, old AI and they just look like um, tentacles with claws at the end. But it's all um, metal and robotic. But the idea is that they open this portal and then the sentient beings, uh, the, the AI kills every bio-organic um, uh, living thing in the galaxy so they can rule supreme again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's this running theme. Um, I think Discovery did the same thing where AI, it's just unfortunately they call it Star Trek and it's crap. But <laughs> in the story-wise, what, they what do year, have... Yeah. What year was Picard? This year. I uh, just finished Oh, about, this year. Okay. Yeah, it just, it just finished about a month ago. So what do you make, what do you make of all this? Because okay, so the stuff we talk about, we document. You know, it's all on video. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can see August of 2017. We were talking about this, and then after this, all of these different shows start to come out showing this adversary, which is this giant octopus. Yeah. What do you think's going on here? Uh, well, um, in the conspiracy world, they call they would say it's predictive programming. They're being told they have to make these ideas and show these things. I'm more leaning towards that they tap into the the higher self or the divinity, uh, creative divinity, or even um, the lesser version of creative divinity in the Matrix, and they get a similar idea and they transmute it through their lens. Um, I agree so, with you. Hundred yeah. percent on that. It's yeah. just like an idea, like okay, well, uh, what what's a possibility of um, uh, humanity's uh, enemy? We've done Russians, we've done blah blah blah. Oh, robots! Robots are coming. Yeah, you know, the Matrix films. Yeah, you know, it's um, you can see how quite easily you can get to the same basic story point by just following the thing well we need an enemy um well we can't really piss off everyone in say uh china because we want them to watch the film well what about if it's an aliens oh yeah but aliens are slightly you know, with the grays blah 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 oh I, ai robots yeah all right let's do robots and um <laughs> what's scary well i've been reading this hp lovecraft uh, book trying to steal ideas and um you know octopuses giant leviathans and you know so on and so forth and the, the it's i think it's like even the, um, I'm, a, I'm a Doctor Who fan, except for the latest year because the storytelling is terrible. Um, they're just they're creative things. They it's like you know that seems um, poignant to today. Um, I'm a big uh, Battlestar Galactica fan. The reimagining. They had no idea. It, t- it takes six to nine months to from make from uh, making it to releasing it. There was episodes going out um, of waterboard, uh, waterboarding and torturing a Cylon the same week that Bush was dealing with waterboarding and Abu Ghraib or whatever it was. Now the synchronicity of that is fascinating. There's no that's where I'm getting there's that uh, the divine idea being um, uh, downloaded into the people and they just use it. It's like because uh, I don't know if you've ever watched Battlestar Galactica, the reimagining from the one from no. 2003. No. It's um, it is fascinating because it's the um, an AI, the Cylons, destroys humanity. There's only 50,000 hum- humans left. And so they try and find this mythical 13th tribe, which is called Earth. And it's a wagon train through space. The 13th tribe. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's, very, it's very old um, Testament-esque. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, and they and they and they use all the um the uh very Greek like Apollo and Gemini, but they change the words occasionally like Pycon instead of Pisces, and so they do that. Um, and it's that's how they figure out where uh Earth possibly is is when you see those star constellations. And that's it leads to the planet. Spoilers, nah, spoilers, but um, they find their version of Earth, and two thousand years ago, it was irradiated by um nuclear weapons. And then two seasons later, uh, they randomly end up on Earth. Um, I'll, I'll just you know, on this planet. So it, it's if it resonates with, it's fascinating because they they're dealing with um uh, the Cylons and how they they don't die uh, if they're near a resurrection ship. They reincarnate. Like if uh, you're fighting me, I'm the, I'm a Cylon near the resurrection ship. If you kill my body, my consciousness or um, energy goes into the, uh, the, uh, the resurrection ship and I just go uh, download into a new body and I wake up and go about my day. With it, It's basically like reincarnation without the mind wipe. And so you can remember all uh, the lessons of being killed. Like I'm not going to turn my back on that guy again. That type of thing. Hmm, so interesting. I, and that that is 2003. Uh, well, uh, from the reimagining, the original one was 77, 78, uh, where um, there was a, a a lizard race that created the Cylons as robots, and then they turned on them or they died out, and the Cylons were um, led by themselves type thing. And so it's you don't have to watch the original one, but it's fascinating where because they use a lot of uh, mem- member berries where they've got the old show as the new show because it's yeah, there's forty yeah. years yeah because there, there's a silent war and all of a sudden it stops and you haven't heard from them for forty years and then a hot blonde model turns up who's a Cylon um, kills this guy and that's how it starts. <laughs> nice. I need to I need to watch more movies. I just I can't sit in front of the TV. There's something about the frequency of the TV. It just does not resonate. Yeah, yeah I just even um, I don't hardly watch the news. So I read headlines, and if um, I then maybe force myself to read the attempt at journalism in, in the mm-hmm. articles. It's like, oh crap, 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 crap. Oh, this is what uh, this is a bit of information linked to the headline, and no, it's not. Ah, click. So, it's... you know, one thing I did watch, I watched the impeachment and I watched a good amount of the impeachment and I, I, I was watching and I knew that they did this. It's just watching it firsthand was incredible. Um, they would have somebody say something mm-hmm. and then the mainstream media would take that little soundbite and completely flip it around in the perspective that they wanted. And I'm like watching and it was consistent, like every single thing the mainstream media was talking about. They were taking small sound bites. Um, so they had the IG testifying, just to give you an example here. And yeah. uh, they were they were asking, you know, did 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 did, um, did your your office follow protocol? Oh, yeah, we followed protocol. Everything was was completely spot on. And. They ran with that, and they were like, "Look, everything was was uh, you know this whole impeachment, all protocol was all ran spot on, you know, et cetera, et cetera." And the guy was talking about how they followed all the protocol, um, and um, then he went on to say they found nothing wrong, everything was fine, et cetera, et cetera. They completely leave that part out and completely spin it. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, I can't believe it. I, I already knew it. Just watching it firsthand though was really, really, really revealing. Yeah. Well, um. Can you tell me what he did that to warrant the the impeachment? Because it's like we're impeaching the president. Why he did things? Like what? 
Um, um. So the way this coronavirus thing happened was really interesting, and this all ties in together because um, what he was doing is he was going after the networks where money laundering, that's the way they were calling it, money laundering. It was an energy company in the Ukraine that was laundering money. Why does an energy company need to launder money? Because it's Mm -hmm. drugs, it's human trafficking, it's organ harvesting, it's, you know, all that stuff. So the day the coronavirus hit the news was the same day that his defense team was supposed to go in front of the Senate. And I was watching the Senate, the Senate, uh, I was watching the defense team. The defense team started naming names. Who who got what what money, the amounts of money they got, where the money went, so on and so forth, and we're just completely naming all the corruption. And the mainstream media was like, okay, we're not talking about impeachment anymore, coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which led me to believe at first when I heard coronavirus, I was like, ah, nah, that's just a cover. You know, that's just a cover yeah, to get people's yeah. attention away from here. I had no idea it was going to wind up in a complete shutdown the way it did. But, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that was kind of coincidental the way that happened. So as soon as that happened – so that's what he did wrong. He was going after – he was going after um, the network. Yes, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. I could see it's sort of um, uh, like the the coincidence of it uh, is a small one where uh, it – it it bumps the story from the mainstream, but in, in a bigger loop. It, it, it's mm-hmm. a win because now everyone's locked down. It is so easy for um, SWAT teams to get to somewhere without anyone knowing. And, you know, cause uh, not saying that every citizen is, is a criminal, but it would be so much easier now to try and do all this work of finding, uh, you know, everything shut down. So like, well, why are you out? What's all those kids in the back of your van type thing or whatever it is that the networks themselves would be on shutdown. Uh, and it's interesting to see how um, that this is the positive angle of, you know, not timeline, but the positive side of the coin of, uh, you know, trust the plan and everything else like that. And Trump's doing all this stuff. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I, um, I'm really skeptical. I just want to put this on the record of yeah. Q. Q oh, said yeah, yeah, trust yeah, sessions, yeah, yeah. trust sessions, trust sessions was a piece of crap. But yeah, um, yeah I don't, I, I don't like the trust the plan thing. It doesn't feel right. No, no, you no. Know, it it's like let's slow, take yeah. things one step at a time, and we'll figure out what we do at every stone, every every stepping stone. We'll figure out if the next one is the right one to go to. Don't trust the plan. Yeah, well, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like trust the plan. I would if I knew what it was. Nanobot vaccines. <laughs> well, that's the other. <laughs> well, have you noticed uh, Bill Gates has been hammered now? Like he he mentioned, like um, this is very dangerous of the United States government of defunding the health organ health World Health Organization or who? Uh, and his Instagram. Uh, apparently, they've been deleting. Like this is the fourth time I've talked to you. You suck. <laughs> that was condensing. They've just cut. They just like he's being hammered so much. Um, Andrew put forward that uh, he's trying to make up for his indiscretions. Uh, he realizes that things are going bad. And it's like, oh, I'll be a good guy now. It's like, well, no, you, you released Windows 11 or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, not going to happen. The, the whole thing with with um, cutting the WHO funding. I thought that was that was brilliant, and that just shows that Trump is, in my opinion, still on our side. Now, of course, like I said, we're watching every single step yeah. as we're going, and and you know if there's a step in the wrong direction, we'll definitely call it out. But right now, yeah. everything seems to be stepping in the right direction. One of the recent things that happened, and I don't know if you um, had picked up on this or covered this at all, but um, Marina Abramovic or Abramovich does that name sound familiar? 
Uh, was she in the new Microsoft ad? It's she okay? She was in the new Microsoft ad. Yeah. So yeah. back to the pizza-related stuff here. And again, I don't want to get too graphic because it it makes people's stomach queasy and it makes mine queasy uh, as well. But yeah. um, the way that they were funneling a lot of this the stuff, at least here in the United States, was through the art. Um, Tony Podesta's art. Um, uh, John Podesta's art, you can see the disgusting things within the art themselves. But I always wondered, why would people pay millions of dollars for these art pieces? Because mm -hmm. they were funneling the money for the blood trade through yeah. the art as well. One of the artists that came up was Marina Abramovich. And Marina Abramovich, her big thing is cannibalism. And a lot of her pieces revolve around cannibalism. It was very telling that these vampires the public displays that they do, I think is indicative of the private things that go on, except with real bodies instead of the, the cakes yeah. and stuff that they bring out in the public displays. Um, but yeah, that all ties into this whole coronavirus thing now because um, Bill Gates put her up as uh, one of the one of the well he he made a big commercial for the virtual reality headset based around her artwork. So people can quote unquote experience her artwork through this virtual reality headset. Yeah. And it's the most disturbing thing in the world. If you, for the listeners that are familiar with Marina Abramovich, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And most people are now. So it's funny to see the coronavirus now tied in with Marina Abramovich and the virus itself that we're talking about here, the, the energy harvesting virus. And what I think was happening is this virus, it not only feeds in the shadows, by the people who are actually engaging within the the stuff that's going on. But it also draws energy from awareness when it's brought into the light. So yeah. it was drawing energy from me, for example, when I was making that film because I was deep in it. I don't have to be on that side. I could be on the other side. As long as it's in my consciousness, it's starting to feed upon my energy. Uh, I think what this what oh, go ahead. Yeah, it uh, it creates louche, as it's referred to. Yes. Where even even you just do it like I, my tagline when I remember it for my roundtable is like um, tainting louche since 2015, uh, and that's all the laughter and stuff. But that does make sense because even if it's just a minute little drop by you engaging with it, this is the whole um, uh, experiment thing. The uh, whoever is observing the experiment is entangled on a certain level, and so by you, as you were talking about with the the documentary, if you're focusing on that, trying to make the best thing is the information i can see why you've got no that's enough because you can feel it being drained through and mm -hmm. i'll let you so i just want to interject that so continue on please no that was brilliant um so let me say uh let me let me take it back here to the virtual reality thing yeah what this felt like energetically was the virus the network is being eliminated and because mm -hmm. it was it was like the virus or a parasite rather the host is dying so now it's yeah. trying to find a new host so now by putting on that virtual reality headset and experiencing that, the virus gets to embed into whoever's experiencing it. As above and or I think, below. <laughs> I, well, <Just> yeah. Like... <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I think this was a huge victory for us by getting mm -hmm. them to re not only remove the commercial, but I don't think they're going to move forward with that application at this point because yeah. of the amount of public backlash. So I, I, I think that was phenomenal. I think uh, because the main – connection there between uh the product and the customer is money and if people go no we don't want that we can't make money out of this and there's that element of control because um if they put it out and it fails they look like idiots so they're probably just i will restore it we'll pr bring it up a bit later when not everyone's a bit you know 
Yes, I think that, yeah. that they will try to slide it back in later for sure. Yeah, but when, um, when they can, when they can control, where everyone's slightly more calmer, they can start doing ads. Uh, they tried it once now, and um, I, I, they freaked out. It's like um, we'll have to go back to the advertising company. It's like okay, less cocaine on this uh, idea, please, guys. All right, uh, and then try and figure, but by then, um, see. <laughs> What what oh, we're three third three quarters of the way through April and twenty twenty's been fun, hasn't it? Uh, and I like the the, the for eyesight twenty twenty, and I think that's what we're seeing as mm-hmm. we're seeing um, we're seeing wins and uh, not even losses where they're trying every time the black hats push forward, uh, they stumble, drop the ball, or um, a push back. Because um, uh, like a lot of people now, uh, how long? Because um, I think it's been about three, four weeks here that we've been in. I call it shutdown. That's the part of the language. It's physical distancing and shutdown. Saying social distancing and lockdown, different reaction in the brain. So uh, it's because, you know, you leave the house, not really shutdown. They suck. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that. I said that on a recent show that yeah. we should really call this a shutdown because this was voluntary. And yes. I, somebody posted on Facebook, what have you learned from this from this uh, lockdown? And I said, well, well, I learned that they really don't need to implement martial law because people will just give up their freedoms voluntarily because that's yeah. really what it is. It's all voluntary. All these businesses just said, OK, we're going to shut down. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, apart from this fear of being fined and um, the, the fear of the actual COVID virus coming out. However, as weeks keep adding up the fear of the virus is like well i'm going insane i'm getting cabin fever and it, you, there may be more deaths down the line i'll take my chances with the uh the virus as well as the data that's coming out because uh, say you know uh 18 to 35 year olds if your immune system is strong we could still have that part of society working the, the kids, for whatever reason, uh, and not isolate, that's the wrong word, but, you know, we look after the elderly um, mm. and they may be in sort of shutdown or um, this distancing type thing, so they don't wipe them out. But it was fascinating. It's, I think um, the Black Hats are doing the big push. I don't care where it started because, uh, you know, anything that happens, they've got plans and contingencies and never let a good crisis go to waste. And so it took a while, but then they implemented. Like one theory is that China let out the virus from their country because their economy sucked, and so the rest of the world could suck as well. And so they uh, they'll be all an equal footing again. Now, don't know if that's true or not, but as an observation, that it makes sense because mm-hmm. uh, they shut down and everything else like that. It's I'm getting mixed reports from Wuhan's like. Um, we're out of lockdown, everything's fine. The next day, oh, a thousand people are sick again. We're shutting down and we're opening and we're closing and we're opening and we're closing. <laughs> so, well, uh, in order to um, close down the entire world, I would say that there has to be something bigger than a pandemic, in my opinion. I, I, I wondered, are we potentially at war with China? Um, this all happened on the same time when the trade deal was being signed as well. And we were basically holding their feet to the fire, and they were going to sign, or they did sign whatever Trump proposed. But they were, they were, they were being treated fairly for the first time instead of having this huge, huge, huge advantage that the oligarchs had given them prior, yeah. because the oligarchs were putting money directly in their pockets. Um, so, I noticed that they locked down Washington. Then they locked down California, they locked down New York. And when I saw those three locked down, it may not happen in that exact order. But when yeah, I yeah. saw those three happen and they started sending military 
units to those areas, I said, you know, Florida is going to be next because that's how you protect all of your coast right there. If you're waiting for something, if you're waiting for some kind of impact, they sent hundreds of tanks through New York. There's video footage of this, hundreds of tanks in Washington, for example. Um, So are they waiting for an impact possibly coming back from China? Um, We've speculated on this and um, our response to to being attacked with a bioweapon is nuke them immediately. That's our policy because a bioweapon, it goes against the Geneva Convention. So we just, you you know, push push the button. Um, And at first, Trump was saying it was a hoax. Then China came out and said the U.S. military released it. Now Trump is doing an investigation on the Wuhan lab. So I wonder if he knows and he's known this was a bioweapon. The only the only problem that I have with that is that there haven't been enough people killed unless this thing has a longer um, infection incubation uh, period. Incubation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where something can happen six, six weeks down the line, eight weeks down the line. You know, I don't know. Um, but that's definitely one possibility. The other possibility is that something was coming from the sky. And they were preparing for some kind of asteroid impact or something like that. I know we yeah. had this comet Atlas that was yes. uh, supposedly here and supposedly has been broken up. It was yeah. supposed to be five times the size of Jupiter. The problem is I've heard this story 10 times in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. You know, you yeah. hear this 2011 with Comet Elenin, and, you know, it's the same thing repeated over and over again. So I was like, ah, I'm taking it with a grain of salt. But I did legitimately see something green in the sky a few days, about a week ago. And yeah. um, this thing was legitimately there, and it's legitimately broken up now. I wonder yes. if maybe the shutdown was in preparation for something like that. And what they did, you remember that movie Armageddon? They sent out yeah. a mining crew to go try to blow it up. Maybe they successfully yeah. blew it up. Um, yeah. That's a possibility too. I don't know, but it just doesn't make sense for such a weak virus to shut down the entire world. Now we can look and say, you know, people were coming to me and saying, well, this is, you know, America. They wanted to do this and do that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. This isn't just America though. This is the entire world that's shutting down. Yeah. So I don't know. There's there's other possibilities. I'm not saying any of those are accurate. No, I'm just well, trying to piece the puzzle, you know, piece the the puzzle together. And that's uh, kind of why I like your show, uh, listening to you as well, because um, we, we take the safeties off and ask questions, and there's nothing wrong with it. At the end of the show, you know, it could be three hours later, like, well, we didn't achieve anything except for looking at questions and trying to make connections and, you know, speculations like a possibility of this, 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 and this. And we may have gone back to the start, but um, the next show, you don't have to go for the, don't have to go through three hours of figuring all that out because you've done it last week. And then if a bit of information comes up, it's like, oh, remember last week when you said A, B, and C, and you, you, it's, uh, it's, um, that's like with comedy, you make connections that people don't know and that's how you get the laugh. Very close to, I'm stopped calling myself a researcher because, I suck at research. <laughs> like I need what well, you have to, you know, I have to show citations and look at from three. Uh, I just investigate occasionally, you know, a PhD in YouTube, but then also I've got an element of the, the whole uh, tuning in and what resonates. And uh, you can see through um, uh, just actions of people as well. Like in the last 10, 15, the one that I love uh, that makes me giggle is, um, yeah, I, I trust in Hillary Clinton, really. Did you hear the story of when she landed in Bosnia and had to run from the plane under sniper fire? No, because <laughs> they showed the footage and it's a six-year-old with a bunch of flowers walking up to him. 
it's like you, it's it's and what what you're saying is as well with the impeachment thing before all this all happened you can see the the corruption and manipulation of the uh the media and the way it's like that's why um they're cracking down on youtubers uh with big followings because they're getting more numbers than the mainstream media because no one trusts them anymore because it's yeah. so blatant Andrew Bartz has, uh said that um, whatever in part of the transition, uh, what we'll see before the revolution or however uh, you want to call it, that the media is going to turn into the three stooges. And I added to that, it's a more of a Monty Python, a Monty Python sketch and three stooges. And if you look at that, of how um, the media is, that it is total clown world where just the stupidest things... Apparently, there was a couple in the United Kingdom that both transitioned from one sex to the other, um, and they've had a child. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, it's like, you know, um, my transgender I've heard stories woman, like that. Yeah, a transgender man um, in is having a baby with a transgender woman. It's like, okay, it's still... <laughs> like, if you both die in a house fire, you, they go by your skeleton, and it's still one or the other. But it's. Do you remember yeah. the Star, the National Enquirer, TMZ? Yeah, no, I re yeah, National Enquirer, yeah. All, all these tabloids. That's that's basically yeah. what the news has become. Tabloids. Yeah. It it it's um, clickbait and um, non-troversy. Uh, where like there's a guy. I uh, don't know which state it is, but it's in the United States. Uh, he didn't want to make a gay cake, uh, a wedding cake for a gay couple. I just read that earlier today. Yeah, and now apparently it's bisexual cake, and it's like someone put on Twitter, go somewhere else. Stop going. You know, this is the second time. You know he's not going to make the freaking cake. Go. So it's not the only bakery in the town, I'm sure. But it's like it, that's the the ridiculous of it. It's like um, you know, you if you refuse someone, all of a sudden I'm offended and you don't like me because I'm blah 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 blah. It's like no, I'm closed. <laughs> go away well this guy apparently he was sued a couple years ago he's being sued again now yes yeah so, yeah. yeah that's what i'm talking like really that that's targeting just the guy like um that's part well of that stuff's what... not working with people anymore though back then it was working with people all the distractions yeah. who's gonna go yeah. to the bathroom where you know I, yeah. I i was thinking to myself you know americans are so full of crap that the only thing that they have to worry about is where are they going to go to the bathroom yeah, this is yeah. why I won't join the military because apparently uh, once you've dug two latrines, you have to do the other fifty-seven genders, and that's harsh. <laughs> you know, they call that they call that hate speech on um, Facebook. They Ooh. gave me they gave me a warning for that joke, <laughs> and they said this is this is hate hate speech, and I'm like I'm American, I can joke about that, and it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, uh, and. Well, that's the thing. Is Facebook a, a publisher or a platform? I, I can't remember that. One is they um, you take responsibility of what you uh, um, put out, or a publisher if, takes responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Or a they, platformer they, and, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and so they, they keep bouncing from one to the other. Uh, and um, you know, bringing up Andrew again, because uh, someone said, "Well, how come we sort of protest and not, you know, pitchforks and torches and all that type of thing." We'll probably have a di digital revolution where everyone organises to um, deactivate their account for two days on Facebook, and if everyone does it, the the platformers will freak out because it's like they're not getting any uh, revenue. And it's, uh, one way where we we won't get shot at, but we can you know imagine if everyone left YouTube, 
or Twitter or um, most people are leaving Twitter, but Facebook, that, that, that um, monopoly over things as well as like, wow, they're all connecting. So the, the people behind the curtain aspect would start to freak out. It's like, well, they're all working together again, which would freak out the virus because instead of just you know, dividing conquerance and it's like, Oh, we've got this, got this. Oh, do you think that the um, team dark black hats virus uh, is cornered? And it's freaking out because we're near the end. I think that the four-year clock that we were that we yep, saw yep. in Egypt, yeah. I think that there's a lot more validity to it than we first paid attention because here we are at the halfway point, yeah. and they're already losing. But they're trying to bring out as much as possible at this point. But it, mm -hmm. like you said earlier, they keep dropping the ball. I think yeah. as we move more towards this four-year clock, we're going to see them dropping the ball more and more and more and more and more until they finally go away. Yeah, interesting enough. I just had a thought of uh, a loop inside of a loop. It's seven years since the end of the Mayan calendar, and uh, I think it's uh, they have thirteen years, so it's halfway through the. Uh, it's called the Night of the Jaguar, as well, and so we're that's three midpoints. Oh, well, two midpoints. And so, yeah, um, there seems to be that upswing because if you're feeling uh, – it's very hard to explain to other people that um, don't walk in our energies because they don't see it. But if you go by feelings, like, no, we're fine. Now, obviously, you still have to be aware and do things and that type of thing. But, um, I, yeah, I can't really see forward. I'm being pushed into the now i'm just staying more in the now and taking it day by day because it's getting to the point that things change in 24 hours uh, it's probably going to get down to 12 hours um do you uh, observe the schumann residence at all i saw today it was yeah. just completely on fire and yeah. i woke up this morning and i posted hey i got great news for everybody and what did i say i said this is the most important day in history it's the beginning of the rest of your life it was just supposed to be a motiva motivational yeah. post somebody jumps yeah. in and says have you seen the schumann resonance i'm like yeah. no i didn't oh wow that's what i was feeling yeah 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 because it looks like a waterfall um because uh -huh. i you know, go through and uh and it's not converting non-believers, but since I've been talking about I th at least all gear, that um, you can, uh, in a way, like um, astrology, um, oh, it, the planets can predict your, uh, your future. Well, even if you don't believe that, you can look backwards. And so, like, the last time that Pluto was in Capricorn, when all these revolutions happening, and here we are now, you can use it as a time marker and sort of calculate the data of like, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, when this, 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 and this. With the Schumann resonance, same thing is like when people, why do I feel um, edgy and I'm full of things, blah, blah, blah. And you look at Schumann resonance, oh, it's it's 46. Fair enough. And uh, that's um, not converting people, but allowing them to see, because you can prove it on a scientific level that the electromagnetic field of the planet is changing um then you go into the woo-woo where it's saying it's uh now is a good question for you uh are we leaving uh are we transmuting the simulation and leaving it by uh leaving all the dense virus crap behind as we expand into the high frequency and probably wake up in a pod somewhere in atlantis i think um the matrix is shutting down or at the very least resetting and um, it's returning to a point of balance. And I mm -hmm. think at that point of balance, then the doors will open for us. Like the, the doors can't open as long as it's not balanced, but it's moving back towards that time. 
is it going to continue after that and continue in a renewed state possibly or maybe shut down completely but i feel that our time here is limited and not in a negative way whatsoever it's just the game's almost over and um if this is a game um then we've done a pretty awesome job, in my opinion, of yeah. uh, especially here towards the end as a humanity. We've woken up, we've ascended, we've uh, raised our frequency, and we're seeing through the illusions, and we've expelled the virus. Maybe that's what the yeah. game was all about. Maybe the virus yeah. was a, maybe maybe I was wrong about the fact that the virus isn't supposed to be here. Maybe that is the reason why it's supposed to be here, so we yeah. can overcome it. Yeah. Uh- heard it different said different ways and totally agree the experience that we're having you need the shadow to show the light uh the 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 cabal playing their parts so we can learn all this suffering um the virus was here even though it probably um was infected or put in to for someone to have a control but if you go further up as you know george would say you go further up from you know the cosmic uh drama where it's the prime creator how far up it is it's like no i'll I'll allow that so i can have this because if you know everything it's boring and i can see if you look from the prime creator's point of view this is awesome having all the experience and everything else like that um as a human in 3d world i'm friggin tired (laughs) like okay um i was going to go somewhere i can't remember um well uh, you 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 provoked a thought within me you know when we came back from egypt and broken through into the 13th dimension there was a, a point of reintegration again, and it was like the biggest reintegration I ever had to go through because breaking through all the illusion all of a sudden made the game unplayable because yeah. it just like, you know, when you know everything, there's nowhere else to go. And so I had to like start to believe that the illusion was real again just to be able to operate within the 3D. Yeah. And we're so eager to get to the end of it and we're so eager to find the absolute truth but once we get there we're like oh crap now there's nothing else to play it's like um when you're a child you know when you're a child everything is new and you're like oh wow you know my first tricycle my first kiss my first this my first that etc etc it's that innocence and so i would tell people the most important thing is the journey because yeah. once you get there, you're, the, the journey's over. But enjoy every moment that we have right now. Um, yeah. Enjoy every day and enjoy. You know, one of the things that I feel like the new age religion, all of that stuff tries to take away from us is the enjoyment of this matrix. You know, the, the, the enjoyment of meat, the enjoyment of sex, the enjoyment of sugar every once in a while. Everything, I think, has to be done in moderation, of course. But we should enjoy some of the pleasures and uh, and and sights and sounds and, and sensations that this matrix has to offer. That's one of the reasons it was created, so we can experience all of these things. But we yeah. have to experience them through a balanced way, a balanced perspective. So Yeah, and going back to the, the, the balance idea is – once the program is in balance, then um, on the holodeck we can find the the door and leave the holodeck. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I will let's start wrapping up because it's been two hours and twenty minutes. Uh, it just felt like a natural point of like and rest. Uh, I agree. Would you <laughs> would you like to share anything else uh, with the uh, listener slash audience or customers? And um. I think that uh, I, I just I just basically said that um, enjoy yourself, you know, mm-hmm. en- enjoy yourself. Um, 
kiss the one you love right now because you never know when the last time it's going to be. Yeah. I end every single show with that because we really yes, don't do. know. Yeah. And um, it's amazing. It's amazing how um, everything is just unfolded. And here we are. And we're still here. And as long as we're walking our path, as long as we're staying in the higher frequency, we have no reason to fear anything because we're going to yeah. move through this game perfectly. It's when we start to veer off of that higher path, when we start to operate from the lower frequencies that we're susceptible to everything. So there should be no reason for anybody to have any fear about anything that's happening. Mm. It, it, well, not just right now, but anything that's happening in your life. And that's the number one fundamental thing is overcoming that fear um, and leaving that emotion behind. Then you can enjoy the rest of this game, in my opinion. Well, that is true. I'm, I've noticed that in the last week or two, the the realization of uh, finding the right way of ex existing uh, in this reality is enjoyment. Where uh, instead of trying to control everything, allowing uh, the universe, like uh, I sort of explain it, we live in a placebo universe, and everything's a reflection. And so, uh, if you want to manifest something, you put the thought out for the highest outcome, and then let it and let let everything work. Instead of going, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Like the universe is like, well, you know, one request at a time. And so that that's the joy of part of the game is to watch it unfold. And um, if you want to turn left, but your heart's saying turn right, turn right. It may take a bit longer and you may meet your future wife or um, have a gold bar thrown at you. But if you turn left, uh, you'll be at work quicker uh, and nothing will happen for 30 years. You know, that, that divergent point where um, allow the, the heart to... Um, I do make uh, a bit of a joke where we're amalgamating the heart with the mind because the mind here is a, a translator for the 3D. And uh, let's see, <laughs> you've been called away by your cat. <laughs> but uh -huh. the heart... the heart. She, she always has to make an appearance. She's a, oh, yes. a, a show stealer. <laughs> uh, the heart is um, uh, the true the true essence, basically. And when people say, um, but, you know, the brain's whatever, it's actually uh, you're upgrading because uh, if you don't turn your brain off because the first thing your heart's going to say is breathe, you idiot. <laughs> so it's, it's, I do find it fascinating and uh, I'm slowly getting this, the, the negativity or the, the law of vibrations and the fears and the doubt uh, are falling away. Um, even those, uh, you know, those life, those life lesson echoes, I learned this 2004. Why is it back here now? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Sometimes yeah, we yeah. have to go through our lessons again because yeah. now we have a higher perspective and we can go through those same <sighs> yeah. lessons and learn so much more as a yeah. result. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, they, um, and including myself, you know, we, we, we fall into these like mundane things we have to do. We have to get up, we have to go to work, we have to work in these menial jobs sometimes, it's, you know, we feel like we're not really doing anything. Um, but you know, it's all part of the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was working for this corporation. It was horrible. I hated the corporate world and all of that, but I realized there was an end there. There was a means, uh, it was a means to an end. And the means to the end was that I was able to create a situation for myself based on the resources that I was gaining from there to um, expand my consciousness. I was able to get the tools to do the ayahuasca. I was able to um, take the energy that I was accumulating there and put it into the spirituality and the, the ascension and the growth. And so 
when we go through these experiences, whatever we're doing in this matrix, even if it seems daunting, if it's for that end of spiritual awakening, a spiritual enlightenment, sometimes we just have to go through them. And when we go through them and, and with that mindset, then all of a sudden everything starts to make sense and everything starts to come to a point of balance. So we used to get people saying, I hate my job. I hate this. I hate that, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Well, what are you doing with your job? Oh, I'm just surviving. Okay. Well, how are you applying what you're doing now to your spiritual growth? Well, you know, it does give me an opportunity on the weekends to go over here and do this and that, et cetera, et cetera. That helps me with my spirituality. Okay. Now that you've recognized that now you understand this here is connected to that. So, um, I don't know. I, I've been doing shows for five and a half hours now because I did a, a show before. I hope I explained that right. No, but, that's perfect. Okay, good. Yeah, because that's one I, word. I guess this is a better way to explain it. We have to be able to operate in 3D while at yeah. the same time operating in the higher frequency. When we find that balance of operating in 3D and the higher frequency, that, in my opinion, is when we found the balance of how to operate within this matrix. Well, the one word that's been through my mind all this year is balance. And uh, I think that's what we're seeing is because, uh, you know, shadow work and the negativity, uh, it's nice not to have any, but it's there for a reason. And once you work with like fear uh, is uh, there to show you uh, a positive if you can see it. Um, and your dark side is actually a friend once you figure out how to connect with it and you don't let it control you. Um I think that's part of – yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, there was – I'm glad you brought that up because I guess this is another good uh, – another thing. I'm going to do uh, – the next video I, I'm going to do is about this particular topic here, and it's not a thought that I came up with, but it's one that I'm expanding upon. Um, one of my good friends, I mentioned him earlier, Nick Bravo, again, or maybe that was on the previous show. Um, he said – he said something really profound. He said, you know, our dark side protects the light. And if the two are in balance, then we can protect our own light with our dark side. And yeah. that's the balance that we're seeking. And I thought that is absolutely brilliant because you're right. If you don't have the balance of light and dark, the light is completely exposed and then the dark will come in and just feed upon that light. And so yeah. keeping the two in balance is exactly where we need to be. Yes. Um, and I think that's a perfect way to ending the, the show. Thank you for coming on for number eight. Uh, extended edition, because I just knew that, you know, we'll, we'll, not waffle, <laughs> but I knew we would have a great conversation. So um, just quickly, uh, please share uh, your YouTube channel. Again. And do you have a website or just the YouTube? How, how can people find you? All right. Um, YouTube.com slash Beyond the Veil. Yeah. Um, we also own a radio station, TFRlive.com. Uh, we have 33 different hosts there. They're all badasses, and it's a big mixed bag of all kinds of stuff from conspiracy to higher consciousness to flat earth type of stuff. Um, you know, We don't micromanage the host or anything like that, and they're free. As long as they're speaking from their heart, that's the only rule that you have to speak from your heart on TFR. So TFRlive.com, um, we haven't been doing our show too f frequently there because I've given all the good time slots to all our hosts. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so far. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have um, we have a, a, a CBD oil that um, we developed a couple of years ago. It's called Aya Life. 
AYALife.com, and it's a combination of the ayahuasca vine and the CBD. It's um, non-psychoactive, and we have had the most amazing testimonials. Um, one off the top of my head is uh, Dr. Chris Bogner, who's one of our listeners. He's an OBGYN. He said as soon as he started taking it, he felt this tingling in his spine. His pain started going away, and he felt his pineal gland activated. And I was like, are you serious? That's pretty incredible. We've had other testimonials, mostly about pain. Um, Cherie has a chronic pain condition, and it's, that was the reason why we developed it because I was looking for a way to help her first and foremost. But um, I went through this whole, this whole thing with anxiety last year, and I've been through it all. I've drank ayahuasca in the pyramid. I've jumped out of airplanes. I've bungee jumped, and I was getting these like – it was this headache and it was like this twitching right here and yeah. it felt like I was having a heart attack and I was like, I'm, I'm on the verge of a stroke. I know I'm on the verge of a stroke. Um, I dropped a significant amount of weight and it's like always happens. Like as soon as you start getting really healthy, you have a heart attack. Like I hear these yeah. stories like all the time yeah, and I'm yeah, like, I yeah. know this is about to happen. And I went to the doctor and I'm like, I'm, I have all this. I have this tinnitus. I have all these weird, these weird things going on. And I finally convinced one to do a brain scan on me because I was like, there's got to be a stroke coming on or something. And the yeah. doctor came back and said, you're having panic attacks. And I'm like. I don't panic, okay? I do not panic. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as I recognized I had the panic attacks, I started taking the eye of life. I, I, I upped the dose, and it really, really helped with the anxiety. So if people are, are experiencing any anything like that, um, please check out eyealife.com, A-Y-A-Life.com. And um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, just for your listeners, a buy one, get one free special. Um, go in there and put two bottles in your cart. And use coupon code eight since this is number eight. Um, yep. Just uh, put type in eight. Uh, actually, like spell it out all lowercase, and yep. um, it'll give you one of the bottles for free. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Score. Uh, so that makes people. You see, this is the reason why you watch all the video. <laughs> just putting it out to YouTube. So, uh, if you enjoy, I know I enjoyed, but I I don't have to subscribe to my own channel. I think I can. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> uh, but if you're on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share, leave a nice comment. Uh, thank you for watching. If you're on Anchor FM, Spotify, and so forth, uh, it's Wafer Thin Entertainment. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love that name. And uh, I'll be back next week uh, with someone as exciting as well. Or um, we'll just keep continue talking because it is an infinity. So um, thank you, Chris, for being here. Uh, it's been awesome. And... It is my pleasure, brother. I'm so glad that we were able to connect because it's like, you know, we jumped in the conversation and uh, the majority of the conversation, I just felt like it was like two friends just talking. Yeah. And those are the best interviews, in my opinion. So I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, I'll, we will see you soon.